0: Welcome to the 204th episode of the Random Podcast from Heck. My name is Tony, and this is a podcast about random things in the world of entertainment, which includes movies, TV shows, and comic books. Big shout-out to Dave McPhail and Andrew Loken. They are really big supporters of the show. You can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash heck. Any amount you can commit to will be awesome. And if you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to The Secret podcast from heck which is an additional 30 minutes of podcast entertainment every single week and currently we are talking about the 1989 vision quest story arc from west coast avengers written and drawn by john byrne so a lot of inspirations for the wanda vision show and just a really cool cool time in, in comics um previously i talked about like the cg resident evil movies uh, that came out like in the 2000 uh, whatever anyways so sometimes talk about movies sometimes talk about comics you can check it out 30 minutes more podcasts if you need more but if you can't commit to a monthly commitment you can also help out immensely every little bit helps by going to coffee.com slash gman from heck and you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or two anything anything helps that is ko-fi.com slash gman from heck all right, so we have a lot to talk about, as, as usual, and uh, so uh, two movie features, I, I wasn't sure if I was going to do both, because I was like, okay, Snake Eyes, you know, JJ Origins, that'll be the main feature, because everyone, or a lot of people know who Snake Eyes are, is, they know who Joe are, so I was like, I'll do that, but then M. Night Shyamalan, Shyamalan's uh, Old came out, I was like, oh, I really want to see that. And I was like, well, maybe I'll talk about that next week. But then I was like, no. I was like, I got to see it. I I, I can't wait because I don't want any spoilers about the twists or anything. If there is a twist, I I won't say if there is or not. So I ended up going in movie Thursday night and Friday afternoon. And so we'll talk about both of those. I'm going to talk super briefly, super, super briefly about Fear Street Part 2 and 3. It seems like it's kind of after the fact now, but I didn't talk about those last week. And just just to share some thoughts about them, I mean, I, I like them pretty much. And then you know you got the other stuff: the Bad Batch, Superman Lois, uh, season finale of The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Rick and Morty, comic books, and uh, news. Um, as far as He Man or as far as Masters of the Universe, let's not call it He Man. <laughs> we can talk about that in a second. Uh, I so as I record this, I've I've only watched the first two episodes. There's five episodes, and rather than just talk about two of them this week. I mean, I I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'm not super happy so far. I like the animation and everything like that. Boy Vo- the voice acting is it's it's good uh, from just these first two episodes. I I am a little um, concerned with the direction of this as, as so. I'll just start with that. A lot of people aren't really happy with. Uh, with with the show so i haven't seen the, the five these five episodes there's 10 episodes total and it's going to be broken into two parts but what um i mean i apparently it's do, doing pretty well with critic reviews but uh audience scores is really low and i think so the, the main problem is and you can see it from the first two episodes is it feels like this is the Tila show. It's like Tila and the Masters of the Universe and not not He-Man and Masters of the Masters Universe. I won't go into specifics about that, but in the first two episodes, you know, there's not a whole lot of He-Man. Um, I, will, I will spoil in the second episode. Did I, did I actually did I finish the second episode yet? Maybe I, I I didn't finish the second one yet. Anyways, a lot of people are upset. And, you know, some people could say, oh, it's, it's the dude bros that are, you know, upset about their childhood and this or that. But the problem is he or Kevin Smith, not He-Man. Kevin Smith, like in in interviews, like specifically said, this is a He-Man show. This is not the Tila show. This is, you know, a continuation in, you know, essence or whatever of the original, you know, He-Man and Masters universe. So far, it doesn't really seem like it. I, I think in, in that regards, people can be upset if this um these five episodes are the season since i can't you know comment fully on that if it is about tila you know there's nothing wrong with that but it does feel like it's just like bait and switch and while the the original show did you know didn't really focus on the female characters but i mean you got to look at it, Sorceress had a big role and you know there were episodes that did focus on tila but you know, it's just, you know, a lot of them were, were about He-Man because it was He-Man and the Masters Universe. And so it it's just it feels like that, you know, this is like a movement that we see, you know, we elevate the female characters. And, you know, I, I saw someone compare, you know, I was looking at reactions on Twitter just random people. Someone said it was kind of like the Mad Max, uh, you know, with uh, Furiosa taking kind of like the, the center of, you know, spotlight or whatever, and then Mad Max was kind of like relegated to, you know, like a secondary character. So it's sort of like that. And again, there's nothing really wrong with that, but... Don't try to market it as, you know, the opposite or, you know, something different. You know, if, if you're in market as a Tila show, just straight out say that. Say, hey, after, you know, a generation of, you know, Tila being in the shadows, she's getting, you know, pushed up. Awesome. Great. But it, it just feels like it feels like there's an agenda. And I'm not saying that there's anything that's wrong with that because... You know the idea back then. You know Mattel. I'm sure the, the the toy executives. They're like, you know, we need to make these toys for boys, so we need to have boy characters. It's surprisingly that uh, surprising that they actually had Sorceress, and Tila, and Evelyn, and I'm assuming they made some action figures of them. Probably not a whole lot because they're you know they're in that mindset that girls don't play with stuff like that. And you know, it was even the case of when my daughter was growing up. There is a lot more female action figure stuff these days but even when my daughter was was a a kid there wasn't a whole lot and you know so she kind of experienced that to to an extent and she loved the stuff growing up so you know there is that argument that it doesn't have to be all just for boys and and the characters shouldn't all be dudes but when you just like say okay we're gonna um sideline he-man and then have Tila be like the main you know it just seems a little weird, because when you think Masters University, you think He-Man. Just like, they made She-Ra, and, you know, whatever, you know, they made She-Ra just for girls. It, it shouldn't be that way, but that's kind of like, the I don't know what I'm saying now. So anyways, people aren't really happy with that. I will um, discuss the five episodes in f- further detail next week. So it gives you something to look uh, forward to, gives you a chance to watch the episodes for yourself, so you can see... Um, how they are, or you know, if you care at all, you don't know, want to see it. How, how, whatever, so you, you can you can check that out. Um, another thing that uh, some people are upset about, because you know, people are always upset. Uh, I also I read this other article. Um, this is totally not entertainment stuff. But that people are forgetting how to be human. You know, people are going to restaurants now, you know, that since restaurants are starting to open more because pandemic is kind, you know, that the whatever restrictions are lifting a little bit, even though you're hearing reports about things are starting to get bad with variants and everything like that. So you should still be wearing a mask. I know a lot of people don't want to. A lot of people refuse to. Some people refuse to get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. That's my opinion. I think you should. It's it's for your safety, for our safety, because even if you are vaccinated, you're not 100 percent Safe, and I know some people are like, "Well, what's in the vaccine?" And you're being a sheep and doing this, but you know, there's a science. Whatever, this isn't a vaccine and and science podcast. So, um, but people apparently at restaurants are just being like extremely rude. It's like, don't do that. It's like people working at the restaurants. I mean, they've they've had to deal with a lot too. Yeah, it's, life has sucked this past year as we're all in this pandemic. But you know, people in restaurants one. They've been trying to scramble to keep their businesses afloat and doing home delivery and and whatever stuff like that. And now that they're finally open, you know, still trying to deal with things like the last thing they need is your attitude. And I'm assuming no one listening to this would ever do this. But if you know anyone, if you're ever with someone, you got to say, hey, man, just chill out. You know, your food's a little late. They make a little mistake in your order. People are friggin' human. Just think about like your job, what you do. And that, that's something, like, I wish I could express to, like, students. You know, when you have these kids that are being, like, disruptive, now it's now it's about me. When kids are being, like, disruptive in class or anything like that, it's like, like dude or dudette, you're making my job difficult. I mean, think about, like, if someone did that to you or to your parents. You know, you don't expect that. You know, if 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 like you know your your dad's an insurance salesman, you don't expect someone to like get in their face, or as they're trying to print documents, you know, to grab a sheet or mess up the printer, or you know, someone's trying to sign something, you know, just you get what I'm saying. So, anyways, if you're ever going out in public, any any business, people working in retail, you know, restaurants, they're you know, it's they're not. I would say maybe like majority people aren't like gung-ho like oh i want to do this unless it's like their business and you know they enjoy doing it it's like they're just trying to make a living as well and they're trying to service you they're there for you so just try to be nice to them anyways people are upset about uh casting a batgirl so hbo max batgirl movie is they've they've cast cast uh leslie grace and uh she's apparently she's a latina so um not a ginger not a redhead and you know it was down to like four actresses, a like content contention or whatever, and they went with Leslie Grace. I don't really know. I don't I haven't seen her. I know she's in The Heights. In I know she's in In The Heights, but I haven't watched that movie. From uh, like one random comment I said, which you know who knows how much you know stock to put into it. They said that she's a great singer, but her acting, you know, maybe wasn't necessarily the best. And you know that's the thing. You know if she's a singer. Acting in a role. There's there's one thing. If she's a singer first, and then you know trying out acting. I don't know what if she's done anything else or not. So and then the question is, well, what about the other four or the other three? Did they did um, Leslie Grace give the best audition? I I still feel like sometimes they're saying, hey, we want to diversify or make it you know whatever. We want to cast someone outside the box. We you know want to do something different. There's something cool about that. But at the same time, I, it just seems when you're purposely eliminating someone who could do like a better job because now that they're white, and I I know in the past it was like you know it was only white people were considered, and again I am not white, so I'm not like I'm not like the, the spokesperson for white people who are claiming to be you know hurt or whatever like that. Because yeah, they have ruled everything for the longest time, but it just you know I'm I'm a kind of stickler for. The, the, the source material. And, you know, it, and I know these are fake character, fictional characters or comic book characters. It shouldn't matter, but and it just seems like when I think of Batgirl, I think, you know, redhead and, you know, it's always been, it should always be like that. And I know even like the Lego Batman, you know, they, they changed her ethnic S ethnicity, but it feels like they're doing it just to do it rather than looking at the performances. If they can legitimately say Leslie Grace gave the best performance out of everyone, Fine, great, awesome, congratulations. But I feel like they're just saying, okay, she was the best person of color that gave a performance. I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> so, uh, Whatever. I mean, it, it is what it is these days. I'm not really surprised, and I, I kind of figured that that was going to happen. I as as kind of a joke, but kind of seriously. I you know I always say I was surprised with Masters of the Universe that they didn't try they, they didn't um, change the ethnicity of other characters. You know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Sorceress is black or is Asian or you know whatever. You know, just changing. You know, um, I, I'm trying to think like Orkos now or, or get, I don't know. Cringer, that doesn't really work. So we have that. So I guess we have that to, to look forward to. So, I, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm going to see how it is, but it's just, it's it, I don't know. It, we'll, we'll, we'll see. But see, kind of in a, a similar, sort of similar um, route or whatever, there's more talks on Black Superman, but this is a little different, apparently. So Michael B. Jordan is developing a Val Zod Superman. Um, I guess it's a miniseries for, for HBO Max. So when I saw this news, I was like, "Oh, because you know, when we heard about you know Black Superman coming, out, you know, everything like that, it's like, okay, are they going to do you know Clark Kent is, is black now?" And uh, but then when I saw this, I was like, "No, they're doing Val Zod, who is an established character." Um, that that uh, Tim Taylor and Nicholas Scott created, I was like, awesome, that's great. And you know, the, the, you know, that's what some people say with Batgirls, like if you want to change Batgirl's ethnicity, you know, if you don't want to do a white Batgirl, that's why you have Cassandra Kane. You know, we have an established character that was created that is a different ethnicity. So Val Zod is a quote black Superman, if you want to you know say that. So. Um, now that we have that, but apparently this is different. This is not what um, Tay Nahisi Coates and J.J. Abrams are are supposedly doing. I guess what they're doing is supposed to be a live action Black Superman movie, which there's like a and I I, I there's no specifics, but maybe it is supposed to be you know Black Kal El. So this is going to be on HBO Max. So this is on a smaller stream. HBO Max, I forget if it was... T- I have 10 or 22 in my head that they're doing a bunch of original movies just for HBO Max. And I think that's awesome. Um, no offense to movie theaters, because I love going to movie theaters. I mean, I, I think there is an experience with that. But I think what we've kind of learned is, you know, people want original movies at home. They want to be able to watch movies at home. Some people still aren't going into the theaters. When I, when I saw um, Old friday afternoon opening day technically you know if you don't count thursday night i was the only person yes i went to an 11 o'clock in the morning show but i was the only person in there (laughs) awesome for me but when i went to snake eyes thursday night i think there's maybe like five other people there five maybe seven you know people still aren't, aren't going and like most people i talk to they're not going to theaters. But anyways, uh, I I think it's great if we have more original movies, and it gives people another you know reason to continue subscribing to HBO Max. You know, you're getting original shows. Give us original movies as well. You know, put some money into it, make it you know worth worth our our money and all that. So apparently, um, according to Collider, Michael B. Jordan's is developing this uh, Valzad miniseries. He's not necessarily, you know, he's not sure if he's gonna play the role. He's supposed gonna produce it and all that. He might um, be in a role, but we're we're not really sure. So we'll, we'll have to to see how, how that goes. See that that's what what I'm saying. If you want, in all intents, you know, this is like Superman. It's just it's not Kal So if you want to change the race, there is a character out there. Why? make kal black, and I know some people say, he's an alien, it shouldn't matter. But, you know, for a character who's been around 80-something years, you know, he's always been white. Does does that mean it's right? I, I, I don't know. It's just... Uh, I, I feel like they're doing it just to do it, and, you know, again... That's you know you I, I saw so many stories about like when Miles Morales was on the screen you know people are like now you know there's someone that looks like me you know I can relate to this and my kids can relate to you know all this stuff like that, but we have that care that character, and I I don't know. Anyways, it, it, I I feel like this this just c- continues to come up, and I know you know some people say it shouldn't matter because they're fictional characters, but I don't know I I, I just feel. Like it it should be that it, I mean, what if they did like, let's say they, they decided to do like a Star Wars animated show and they changed Luke Skywalker's appearance, you know, or like made him a different skin color. You know, they're all aliens, but I feel like if you're gonna do like an animated office, you know, something, they should look similar. You know, there's a um, another news. Whatever, there's a Blade Runner's uh, series coming out for an Adult Swim. I forget what it's called. It's kind of like a CG thing, different characters and all that. But let's say there's a Harrison Ford, there's Deckard, you know, character. They make him. What? What if they make Deckard like a woman or something like that? You shouldn't do that. You know, if you're gonna do a character, it should look somewhat like Harrison Ford. Maybe they can't get um, actor likeness rights or whatever, but you're not gonna all of a sudden change his ethnicity and make him Latino. Yeah I, I i feel like you should try to cast someone for the role as, as close as possible. It's like if if you're gonna do a movie about Frankenstein, the the Frankenstein should be greenish. You know, he should look like Frankenstein. He shouldn't all of a sudden. I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. Sandman fans. So, uh, second uh, act two, the audible, the audio version of Sandman is coming out. So a lot of the, you know, saying the actors are coming back. Like James McAvoy is gonna be Morpheus and Dream and Kat Dennings gonna be Death and everything like that. Some other people are joining, like uh Jeffrey Wright's gonna be Destiny. David Tennant's gonna be playing Loki. Bill Nighy's Odin. Uh, John Lithgow has a, a role, and Kevin Smith. He was speaking of Kevin Smith earlier, he's gonna be Merv Pumpkinhead. And you know, basically, you, you, I'm sure you can look at all the other people. Some of the names I didn't quite recognize, but you know, maybe I just you know wasn't thinking or whatever. So uh, we have that to look for. And that that comes out on uh, September 22nd. I did listen to the first uh, act. And I don't know if I mentioned it. It was good for the most part. You know, at, at some points, some parts got felt like it dragged down a little bit. And um, some, I don't know. But I, I I think I enjoyed it for the most part. So I will definitely uh, listen to that because I do Audible all the time when I am in my car. Also, speaking of Neil Gaiman, Amazon is adapting uh, a Nancy voice. So uh this even though a Nancy uh Mr. Nancy was played by Orlando Bloom in uh Stars uh American Gods and that show's canceled this is technically not a spin-off or anything like that I think that's what they're how they're, they're going with it so it's just going to be a, a totally different thing um just uh, about the Nancy boys and everything so no word on like when that is going to happen or anything like that so we have that to look forward to. There was a, I think there was a new Dune trailer. Uh, I, I think I saw it when I went to uh, Snake Eyes. I I couldn't even tell you what footage was new and what was not, if it was new or anything like that. Because like I'm seeing that Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer, and it's like I'm pretty sure it's the same exact trailer. Maybe I don't know if it's a little different. But Dune, um, the biggest takeaway for me is that they have a Pink Floyd, they have Eclipse in there, and it's it sounds good because it's um. Oh, who who's doing the score? Uh, I was just having a discussion about this. Hans Zimmer, I think. So it's it sounds cool, but it's just like, oh, I, I mean, there's just there's just like some bands, some songs that like you feel like shouldn't be touched, but it does sound respectful, and it it, it does sound cool. I, I don't know. So. We'll see. I, I don't even remember when that movie is coming out, so we'll we'll have to see about that. Some cool news that I I'm excited about that. So um, Daniel Casey, who co-wrote F9, and uh, I guess he did like rewrites on Ten Cloverfield Lane, he's writing the screenplay for the Russo's brothers' Battle of the Planets movie. And um, I remember hearing about this before, and I'm like, okay, you yeah, had Russo brother, yeah, right. Let's see see if this is actually going to happen. And uh, so. I, I guess it it's getting closer, whatever. I mean, I love Battle of the Planets Gotchaman. I'm 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 really looking forward to this. They're actually making three Gatchaman Funko Pops that are coming out I think it's September. And so yeah, you know, I've had to pre-order. I'm trying to cut back on my Funko Pops, but I had to pre-order those. I, I just love that. Uh, I have like the box set of the the Blu-ray that I, I got as a as a gift a few years back and I was watching those recently. I gotta start watching those again. I just I love that series. There's something about it. Old school anime is Battle of Planets and uh, and uh, Speed Racer. Those those were my jam back in the day. How about some Zack Snyder news? So a couple things. Zack Snyder um, signed a deal with Netflix. I I think it's just a couple years. So it doesn't sound like that's a, a whole long. You know, amount of time. So, you know, he did Army of Dead. They're doing the Army of Thieves, which is the Army of Dead prequel. There's going to be an Army of Dead uh, Las Vegas, which is an anime. And then there's also an Army of Dead sequel, which I thought that was already a given. I thought, you know, they were talking about it, but I guess that's like new news. And uh, so there was a quote from Zack Snyder My goal and hope are to bring as much quality content I can and do it on a giant scale. Big projects and big movies. Yet uh, he's starting off with uh, three zombie movies. That's a uh, that's his big big ideas. <laughs> it's like okay, and apparently um, he's bringing he's he's going to be doing this movie Rebel Moon, which is a like a samurai inspired Star Wars movie. And from from what I heard, that he actually pitched this to as as a Star Wars movie. Like I forgot if it was like. Seven years ago, ten years a while ago, and they're like, nah. So he's using his old pitch. He's like, okay, I'm gonna make a movie on it. And so it's basically Star Wars and Seven Samurai or, or whatever and um okay. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I had I have I have zero expectations for it. I'll watch it, but I just <laughs> it's I don't know if it's a big idea. I mean, when you're taking a piece of this and a piece of this and Even doing like a zombie movie, it's like, you know, Army of Dead. I'm sure people loved it and everything. Did that really bring anything to the genre? In my opinion, it didn't. I mean, maybe once we get more answers, like, you know, what's with the friggin' robot zombie or whatever, and I don't know. Uh, marvel studios uh, this is kind of cool news they're um starting like a smaller production studio that's just going to be focusing on uh, animated projects i mean that's great you know we have what if starting on august 11th which i'm looking forward to that so this is good news if they start doing more animated uh stuff because it feels like you know it's something i always expected when when disney bought marvel i was like okay this is great we're gonna get more animated stuff we got like ultimate spider-man and there was a there's an avengers series it just didn't quite work for me. Like even my, my daughter wasn't super crazy about the the whatever the Avengers was. She loved Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the one that was, Chris Yost was, um, writing or, or you know working on. But the the next one that came out, it just it felt a little. Um, and no offense to anyone involved with it, but it felt a little watered down compared to it. It you know wasn't on as big a scope, and I didn't give it a fair shot. We didn't give it a fair shot, but you know we 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 both watched it and the gauge was, you know, if my daughter, if it wasn't like holding her attention, you know, and, and I always gave her the choice. I was like, what do you want to watch? And, you know, she would choose, you know, of uh, all the, we had so much stuff to, uh, and, you know, she didn't watch TV all the time. So she loved Earth's Mightiest Heroes. She loved that. And, uh, you know, Spectacular Spider-Man. She loved that. Ultimate Spider-Man. She, she liked it, but, you know, it was a, I think she recognized that it was a little silly and it wasn't like really, uh, even though she was a kid and liked silly things. So, I don't know. I, I I felt like... I was like, where, where's all our cool anime... You know, if you got comic books, which is, you know, one step away from... Well, several steps away from animation. But it, it seems like it, it was like a given that with Disney's track record that you, you could easily or, or whatever, maybe easily, do some sort of animated shows that are really cool and we didn't get a whole lot of that. So, um, we'll, we'll see what comes out of this. Uh, Tomb Raider news. Not a whole lot of Tomb Raider news for Tomb Raider 2 it apparently is an officially green lit green lit yet. So, uh Alicia Vikander said that the script is still being worked on and um she's not really sure what what's going on. I think she said something like, you know, you know COVID had a- an effect on it. She's like if it was like a year ago, it probably would be in motion, but now it kind of sounds like maybe the studio's waiting to see what the script is before they're like, okay, yeah, let's go for this. You know, they're probably being a little cautious, which is understandable, you know, cuz you know with the way things have gone everything is like you know they gotta be kind of choosy where they're gonna put their money and you know what can get them the most bang for their buck and um the first movie was successful enough to warrant a sequel but it wasn't like a huge you know box office smash so you know they're, they're probably just like let's let's see you know what what we can we can come up with so that 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 makes sense um and as far as some comic news there's gonna be a superman lobo comic coming out i think it was just announced but i feel like it wasn't just announced um i i got a press release for it i actually didn't get a chance to open it i was i think i saw it when i was like at the theater or something like that so i think that's coming out in august i will be honest with you i mean i'll read it but i'm i've kind of had my full fill of of lobo and um I don't know. It's, it's just... I think it's just that attitude is just like, whatever, dude, you know, and... I, to make a, a series or mini series about that, it's like, okay. Um, there's also going to be a Luke Cage, uh, City of Fire comics, a three-issue miniseries, which I'm always hesitant about the three issue series, unless it's like a prestige format where it's a little thicker, but three issues just seems weird. It seems like it should be four issues four, six, eight, or 12. But when you get less than four, I don't know. But I mean, that's fine. Don't drag it on if it's not necessary. So it's gonna be by Ho Che Anderson, um, and it's gonna have different artists. What's really cool? is Ray Anthony Height is going to be doing issue two. So Ray is a great guy. He's a great artist. You may remember him from the mystery art challenge. If you watched those videos back when I was at that comic buying place. So, um, congrats to Ray. Um, I, I'm looking forward to that. Munsters <laughs> reboot news. Uh, so we, we had, a, if this can be like a weekly thing, <laughs> if you fine with that. So, um, Rob zombie revealed on Twitter, uh, heard the herman munster like prosthetic like his forehead prosthetic and it it looks like herman munster you know so that that's it's a good sign that you know it's i mean how it's like can you really get herman munster wrong probably but it there maybe there's there's not that many options how they could change it but it looks like herman munster i don't think they've um i don't think they've announced who's playing any of the uh, of the the characters I don't think we know who's playing Herman Munster but if they have a prosthetic chances are they would have molded it to someone's face so maybe they already have someone cast I mean I don't it seems weird to like oh let's just make this and see what it looks like before we cast someone it's like that seems like a waste of, of whatever money and then the last thing even though this has been long news um, I realize um twice now I forget got to really go into details about taskmaster in the Black Widow movie. So I think, if I recall, I didn't go back and listen to it because that's hard for me to do. But I think when I was talking about uh, Black Widow on a podcast two weeks ago, I started going up, I was about to say something about Taskmaster, and then I distracted myself or got sidetracked or whatever. So I'm not going to go into specifics in case you still haven't seen it because you don't want to go to theater and you're hesitant about paying 30 bucks. Um, it is coming to Disney Plus on October 6th. I don't know if I may, I may have mentioned that before. So if you're waiting, you're like, I don't want to pay 30 bucks, you're going to have to wait till October 6th before you can watch it on Disney Plus regular. So something for you to think about. I do, well, I, I, I mean, I recommend seeing it in the theater, but again, if you're hesitant, that is totally fine. I'm not going to say you're being ridiculous or anything like that. It all depends on how safe you feel and how much trust or or you know faith you put in your theater. If, if you feel it's safe and everything, and I would say you know how busy is your theater. Mine is not, so it's it's great for me. But all I'll say about Taskmaster that I want to say in case I didn't get into specifics, as as we see in um. Uh, quite often, or semi often, in in MCU movies, sometimes they they change characters for various reasons. You know, sometimes they have to to make their background story to condense it a little bit to to kind of make it fit and everything. You know, kind of like how Wanda is not a mutant. You know, Magneto is not her father because they had to change that because there was no X Men or whatever in the MCU at that time because rights and all that stuff. So you know, we sometimes see that they have to tweak characters a little bit here or there just to make it work fine i get that and i i kind of wondered if that was going to be the case with taskmaster so there is a there is a, a tweak there is a change that they do to taskmaster and i love taskmaster he's one of my favorite characters i have his first appearance i don't know where it's at in that that kind of bothers me because i remember getting that comic and i'm sure the price has gone not that i'm looking to sell or anything like that i just i you know i had it and i was like oh this is one of my cherished comics yet i don't know where it's at i have an idea but anyways so i I really like it you know i have have like i managed to get the first uh funko pop of him yeah i don't really i'm not super crazy about the design with you know the way it looks now but um i even got like one of the marvel legends uh Figured that I really didn't like the design, but it was Taskmaster, so I had to get it because I, I like the character. So and I even have a. I think I have a Lego. Do I have Lego here? Yeah, it's like oh, right. Oh, cool. It's right, right in front of me. I have a Lego Taskmaster. I should uh, share this again. Anyways, um, yeah. So there is there's some changes made to Taskmaster. Taskmaster was cool on the screen. You know, using the abilities, a mimic, and all that stuff like that. But the change, eh, you know, I, I'm I can accept it. I'm not super crazy about it, but so I just wanted to say that, go on record with that. <laughs> but anyways, that is going to be the news for the week. Okay, comic books at Image. We had a Sunder issue 17, so this um part three penultimate issue. So like the series is. I don't want to think about the the series ending. So there's a again, if you haven't been reading it, it's it's kind of hard to discuss. Uh, I I think I've some I've summarized this so many times, but it's Jeff Lemire, it's Dustin Nguyen. I mean, it's great story, great art, and uh, a lot of stuff. You know, it it kind of boils down to you know humanity versus robots type of thing. But then that was more in Descender and Ascender, uh you know like all the a lot of you know tech stuff's basically wiped out of the universe and you know magic has kind of taken over and you know there's like these uh, you know whatever evil witches or whatever does are kind of taking control and i I know that sounds horrible horrible description but you know we have tim 21 and and you know everything is kind of coming full circle and uh i'm I'm just I, I, I really enjoy this series, so you should be reading. Do yourself a favor if again if you haven't read Descender, start picking up the trades or the you know the hardcover volumes or whatever. It's it's really good stuff. Also, really good is Deadly Class Forty Seven. Um, I just I as I say I I love this um this this series and um I believe this this does another time jump, which is like what um it's just kind of weird this story or this issue uh focused on on saya um and uh who it's it's a little hard for for me as as you know a long time you know whatever long time reader from the beginning and uh just seeing kind of how she's fallen and how, just how, where she's at now compared to before and you know because so much you know time has has gone has passed and and you know she's not in, in the best place and everything like that. There is a, a last page, it's like kind of like a holy crap, like what? And you know it gets you excited and, and confused and everything like that. So I just I love this series. Um, I'm still I'm still so bummed that the the live action series only had one one season that it didn't get renewed or picked up. I'm so bummed. You can watch it all on Peacock. I might be I don't know if it made it to it might be on Netflix also, but. Um, Man, it I just I love this comic so much, and um, you know, Rick Remender, Wes, uh, Wes Craig. It's this is another one. If, if you haven't been reading this, man, you are in for a treat. If you ever start, Home Issue Four. So this is about the the kid from Guatemala. Him and his mom try uh, going to the United States to live with uh, the mom's sister. You know they they try entering illegally. They get caught they get separated you sent to separate detention centers which why are you separating kids from from their parents that to me makes no sense you know if if you want to deport them or whatever send them back to where they came from that but to send them to completely different facilities where you know like if these kids can't speak english it's like I, i it's just horrific and and I know some people are like, "Well, they shouldn't have, you know, tried coming in the first place." But you know, most time, like here, you know, they're they're tr- escaping a horrific situation, and then to be put in this other horrific—it's just whatever. It's life sucks sometimes. So, anyways, the, the kid uh, discovers he has like some sort of superpowers. It's like, "What? What's going on?" And then his aunt's like, "Yeah." <laughs> She's like, I have some too, and he's like, What? How come I didn't know? And so he's finding out more, but you know, he's trying to trying to you know, he has to keep a uh, low cover and everything like that. But the immigration, they're making him out to be like some superpower terrorist or something like that. They're like, He escaped and threatened, and they're like making out they're like shoot to kill. If see, it's like this is a little kid, and so uh, things are, aren't, aren't aren't going too well. And then yeah, so one part is like you know he's he's playing he's sitting at home alone you know while his his aunts cuz his mom is back in Guatemala cuz she got she got sent back or something like that and uh, so he's with his aunt she has to go to work and she's like well you know just stay here you know whatever he's like yeah that that's fine and then he sees some kids outside like kicking a soccer ball around or like hey you want to come out so he's playing with them um this is kind of spoiler but one kid like in a, he's about to get hit by a car you know, this like runaway car or something like that. So the kid like runs really fast, pushes them out of way, and they're like, "How'd you do that?" Whatever. And then some parents are like, "Yeah, there's something uh, with with these uh, Hispanic boys, or I don't know if you said a brown kid or something like that." So she calls someone, and an immigration task force. It's like that was a, a bit extreme, but that's that's what happens. <laughs> um, Jupiter's Legacy Requiem Two. Hey, I thought we were supposed to find out about the island in this first issue. Crazy, like, uh, so if if you've read or if you watched Jupiter's Legacy, you know, you know, they originally they go back, go to this island, they got these superpowers, and then we see like their kids and everything like that. So Jupiter's Legacy Requiem, I forget if this is like the third volume or the fourth volume, but you know, so. Time has passed, and you know we're talking like grandkids now of of characters and everything like that. But uh, we we got this like crazy flashback about the island and something a little disturbing happened that we didn't realize, and so we're gonna find out more. But we didn't get that in this this episode and or this issue, and uh, so things are things are progressing a little bit with one of the other characters, and um, things don't look too too good for this character because there's some other people the want to take this character out they have like one person has the ability to take away your superpowers which is a sucky power but I guess it's it's handy if as long as you got other powered friends that will protect you and make it worth your while I guess so we'll have to see what, what happens next um, Mother, My Mother of Madness came out so this is the um, Amelia Clark comic that came out and I, I, I got an early copy of this, and I you know I started reading. I I there's something about it that I couldn't quite get into, and I, don't, I think I need to be in the right mindset. And so this is also like a three issue miniseries. I I just I don't know what it is. So it says the mayhem begins with Maya under the weather scientist by day, over the top superhero by night, and badass single mom twenty four seven. Deadpool action and Fleabag comedy collide when Maya activates her freakish superpowers to take on a secret sect of human traffickers, human, mature readers only comedy and chaos away in the first of three 40 page issues. So that sounds really cool. I mean, doesn't it? I, I think part of the, the, the art is good, but there's something about it that kind of doesn't work for me that when I look at it, it's, I don't know. Like I said, I have to, I don't know what, what it, what it is about that, but it just seems I, I don't know. And I, I, I it's something that I need to give it a shot. Cause I, I am curious to read this because like I said, you know, it, it sounds interesting, but I don't know. Um, if you've read it, let me know what you think and I'll try to get off my butt and actually you know read it again or try reading it again. Radiant Black issue six. This was interesting because um it it focuses on a different character. So what we've we've seen, there are other people with like these radiant black powers and everything like that so we kind of see the background of one of the characters and how this character gets to where they are and it's a it's it's interesting i mean it's it sucks for the character like the way things go out and everything like that but it's it's not horrific but it it'll be interesting to see where what what goes from this so this is a this is you know this is Kyle Higgins' written comic and um, it's it's cool because you know it is fresh it's new you don't know what's going to happen anything goes so I, this is another one i highly recommend then there's Shadecraft Issue 5. And uh, so basically, you know, we have this girl, Zaddy. She's got, like, these shadow powers. Her brother was in a coma, and he's, like, in shadow form. And then we find out that there's more to the shadow nature or something like that. Because, uh, like, you know, when her parents find out about it, they're not, not necessarily shocked. And then there's, like, like a government person. They're kind of, you know, they're looking. They're, they're aware of certain things. And so there's, a, you know, there's been... I don't want to say too much more in case you haven't read it, but you should. And, uh, there's there's been some you know interesting twists and turns and stuff like that. This is some I believe I'm pretty sure this is getting adapted into like a Netflix series, which I I think that's awesome because I, I look forward to that. And I think there's a lot of potential here. This is um, I believe it said it was the end of book one or something like that. So if there's more, awesome because I I really enjoyed this and you know I think it was great writing, great art. So you should check that out when the trade comes out if you haven't been reading. And then there's a skybound x issue three so this is uh the skybound um anthology whatever uh with uh, <laughs> the third uh the third part third installment of rick rhymes 2000 so we we see more of this just absurd walking dead um offshoot and you know ups, I, when i say absurd i don't mean that necessarily in a bad way because i mean it's it's purposely going bonkers you know going off the rails and uh, you know Rick is still trying to adjust to like things you know being different, so, you know, like some people resurrected through nanobites, and the fact that aliens are responsible for the zombie apocalypse and everything like that. So there's a uh, just some crazy things. Things get a, a little extreme. Um, it's I don't know if it's a, a spoiler or not, but Negan shows up and <laughs> he has a bat, and it's just. Like, it's like really, it's just just uh, it's. I'll just say it's it's not a regular bat. I mean, I don't know, but it was, it was it seemed a little little wonky uh, with that. But then there's a, a murder falcon story. I haven't read murder falcon when it first came out. I was like, oh this I'm what that is a murder falcon. This sounds interesting. I didn't read it so um back then, so I didn't read this. Um, there was a science dog story but i didn't don't recall reading the first part so this was just like a straight up continuation so i'm like wait what the heck is going on i think he was like on a on a where was he on he must have been like some sort of helicarrier or something and it was like a sabotage and about to crash and so i'm just like wait what's going on so i read it it was cool but i didn't had no idea what was going on and that's everything like that and then uh there was a assassin nation uh story I, that's another comic you should read it's, that was a, a great series so Erica Henderson so that, that was fun and um, I'm hoping that means you know we're going to get more like another another volume Time Before Time Issue 3 so this is a story's uh, this is a comic written by Declan Shelby and uh, the art is uh, De- Declan Shelby and Rory McConville and then Joel Palmer I think or Chris O'Halloran do, do the art, Chris O'Halloran does it Anyways, uh, um, there's, like, time travel involved, and, you know, basically, it's people that have these, like, pods, they take people, you know, you pay them off or whatever you need. It's like you need witness protection type of thing. You know, they'll give you a new life in a different era, which seems a little, little risky when you're sending someone in, in the past because if they know everything that's going to happen and then they can change Things and or, but as one guy tried escaping to life or whatever, but then this this other lady kind of messed things up, and she was like a a, a federal agent, and you know she's got her own agenda, and then they get uh, taken by this like a uh, um what a syndicate some like group, and so now they're kind of forced to work sort of with them, and so there's like all these like weird things going on there, and um it's it's a, definitely an interesting series, so I would recommend that. At IDW, Bermuda came out. So um, I somehow didn't really hear much about this, but this is, I mean, you should have. It's John Lehman and Nick Bradshaw. So um, I just, I only heard about it through Nick Bradshaw's Instagram. So basically it says, uh, the synopsis, there's a region in an Atlantic ocean where planes disappear, ships are lost and traveling souls go missing, never to be heard from again. And there's an island within this place, mysterious and uncharted, untouched by time and civilization where all who are lost end up human, uh, and, and wait, where all who are lost end up human or other, where all who are lost end up. Oh, where all who are lost end up human or other, so there are other people here. Jeez, I can't read. Bermuda lives here. She's 16, scrappy, and living on this insane and wondrous jungle island, fighting every uh, turn to survive. It's the only life she's ever known. She can handle the dinosaurs, the pirates, the crazed soldiers, dark magicians, and strange monsters, but the weird new kid who washes ashore just may be the biggest challenge Bermuda has ever faced as he drags her along on a perilous rescue mission she wants no part of, and he's likely to be the death of both of them. So, uh, it's. It sounds like a good, fun, like adventure story. And Nick Bradshaw's art. I just. I love his art. It's just. It's just. It's just like knocks you in the face. You know. It's. It's so good. Uh, so you should check that out. Um, there was a, a lock and key compendium if you are if you're like man i this is something that's like since i don't have them all $125 but if you want this this is like all the i believe it's like all the the lock and key stories see um the stories inspired all six volumes of the critically acclaimed lock and key series are now available one massive compendium featuring an all new introduction by series co-creator Joe Hill so that would be awesome to have i mean that would be such a sweet sweet thing but it's 125 bucks so that's um that's a lot um uh, but I, that's it's very 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 tempting um and so you, you can get that through idw um at boom did i re- i don't read anything at boom so there was dark blood that came out so um i am curious about this i i almost was gonna get this and check it out I don't know anything about this. Latoya Morgan wrote it. Walt Barna does art. What if you were given the power to change the course of history? That that right there, uh, like really interesting. Tell me more. Um, Alabama, 1955. Avery Aldridge is an ordinary young black man, a decorated World War II veteran. Avery provides for his wife and daughter. But wounds of the past have a way of coming back, and Avery Aldridge will soon discover he is anything but ordinary. After a run strange new abilities, Avery's about to become more powerful than he could have ever dared to dream in a country and society that never wanted to have any power. A bold and evocative genre-bending saga by screenwriter uh, Latoya Morgan, uh, who did uh, AMC's Walking Dead, Into the Badlands, and rising star artist Walt Barna, who did Osiris Path, perfect for fans of Department of Truth and Bitter Root so um i sh- yeah i should read that that, that sounds sounds definitely in- intriguing and uh i like having you know different things like that at dc there was a superman and authority when i first saw this i'm just like i so i didn't know anything about this i totally missed announcement i'm like okay we're, why are we getting this other some random superman comic superman authority it has manchester Blackner. I am not the biggest Manchester black fan. You know, he's, he's fine. I can appreciate him for who he is. And, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. And then, but I was like, Oh, I just, I kind of like this art and everything, you know, again, not even paying attention and just like reading it and everything. So it starts off like in 1963, like Superman's with JFK and everything like that. So as per progresses, like, you know, kind of time goes on, you know, in, in real time, sort of type of thing. When um it, it comes to like the present, you know, Superman's powers are kind of fading a little bit, whatever, because he's getting older and that's where like Manchester Black comes in and you know they have this like in, interaction and stuff like that. But uh the, the kicker here for me is I when I get to like the credits part at the end, it's like, wait, Grant Morrison wrote this? I'm like, whoa, wait, Mikhail Jannan Janin did the art. I mean, I was like, no wonder I liked it. So it's it's definitely interesting, but like I said, it is like an uh, else world, You know, it's it's not labeled as anything. I don't think. Um, so it is definitely interesting to see like a different take. This is just one of those things where it's like you're not going to read this because it's going to add to the Superman mythos or whatever, and you know, ongoing series. You're going to read this because you're either a fan of the creators or a fan of the character. You know, you just want to get a cool story. So. It's not like crucial reading if you're trying to keep up with the current continuity, but it's crucial reading if you like any of that stuff I just mentioned. So it is it's it's definitely interesting. I'm looking forward to the second issue. Shazam issue one. Um I don't I I I'm not super crazy about what's going on with Shazam just because his powers are in, in flux, whatever, and you know he's he's Billy Batson's having a hard time. It feels weird that you know he's at Titans Academy. Uh, because does like does he really need to learn how to use his powers i mean you know he's been in theory, theory i guess i maybe not you know operating as Shazam for a while but you know he's trying to deal with things. and then it's just weird that no one knows that billy or they didn't know that billy batson was Shazam so it's like how is he going to do any training or anything so it's just kind of weird but you know he's trying to oh he's and he's been avoiding talking to freddy because you know freddy's in the hospital he's not doing so well and i think part of it is because with, with Shazam's powers all messed up, you know, he can't share the power with the others. So like no one has their powers anymore. And it's just, it's like, wait, when did all this happen from the Jeff John series to this? And, and I don't know where this happened. And we had like the future state stories. And I, I read, I probably, mo- I think there's like a couple different takes or whatever, which again is where it's confusing. So I just, I don't know how things got to this point. And, i i don't like that it's like i don't like characters being torn down and i i I know part of it is so you know they can rebuild themselves or whatever crawl back up and but it's like to me that's not super fun i don't want to see a character like all beat up and everything and you know just being like a like a image you know pale shadow of who they used to be and you know trying to sort things out we need it's important i guess but we have all that and uh you know, Mary Marvel. Mary does not. Mary Marvel. Mary does uh, make an appearance as well. So we'll see. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, but again, those are my reasons. It's not that it's like horribly written or horribly drawn or anything like that. It's just that it's not what I want for Shazam. But that could be a good thing. Um, Blue and Gold, issue one. So this this is by uh, Dan Jurgens and Ryan Sook. Um, if you're fans of, uh, of them, then yeah, you're gonna enjoy this. And, uh, it was, it's, it's fun and enjoyable. I mean, it's, it's, I, I feel like this is what many people have wanted for a long time, you know, seeing them back together. This is awesome. This is finally happening. It's weird. It's like, how does this happen? How is, uh, you know, Ted Cord is blue beetle now and we've had the other blue beetle and, and it's just the whole, how the timeline is different now and fixed and resorted. I don't really understand all that. And maybe we're just not supposed to worry about it anymore but it kind of you know we we have a lot of as much as i love booster gold and all that he he sometimes just feels a little redundant it's like you know he's all about trying to make a, a profit trying to make a name for himself and you know trying to make a living and you know he he's just all about you know getting likes and followers or you know live streaming things and getting the attention and recognition for everything. And it's just like, okay, that's a bit much. And I I feel like after what happened in the Batman comic, was it Tom King, whatever, where he like went through like this huge ordeal. And now it's like, you know, he's back to, you know, being like the big bonehead. And it's, it's definitely interesting. And, you know, seeing how, you know, they're, they're both like goofballs, but like, you know, blue beetles, not necessarily, you know, he's, he's a smart dude. So, you know, there's definitely some interesting things here. Um, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, this is like, I think this is like the FU comic of of the week. And uh, I, I, this is absolutely, I don't know if this is in like proper continuity. I don't know what the heck DC, I'm not happy with this book. I'm going to straight up say that. And uh, I, I know it's not fair to judge a series when it's, you know, not done. I think this is eight issues and this is only issue two, but... Whether this is in continuity, if this is not continuity, okay, that is totally fine. But if it is in continuity, f you, <laughs> because crypto's dead. Spoiler: crypto's dead. And it's just ridiculous the way it happens. So at the end of the first issue, you know, it's Supergirl. So Supergirl goes to this planet, you know, her and Crypto go. It's like her 21st birthday. She wanted to go to a Red Sun planet. So I, I think basically so she can drink and whatever, get drunk or something like that and not have like the super effects like inhibit her ability. Okay, whatever. That's cool. You're going across space just to get drunk. But anyways, she kind of gets pulled into this like... um this this girl her father was killed by this evil scummy dude supergirl kind of gets pulled into it but then at the end like she and crypto get get shot like with poison arrows and stuff like that supergirl manages to survive but then it's like it's not really clear what's going to happen to crypto and i don't even remember if it was definitive in the first issue cuz i i feel like i would have been more upset but here so now they're, they're traveling the two of them it's like where is crypto and then there's like this flashback it's like they're trying to save Crypto, but they couldn't save the animal. That's that's Crypto's death? Just like some flashback that makes it seem so meaningless? And, and it's just like, screw that. It's like, I'm so tired of doing all this stuff. And I don't know. So the thing is, I love Tom King. I think Tom King is a brilliant writer. I'm not happy with what he's doing here, but it doesn't mean I, I don't like him. I love Vision. I love Grayson. I, I thought those were great. Vision really tore things apart. And, you know, that really, you know, m- was like an emotional roller coaster. That was great. But then it's like he kind of keeps doing that. Killing Alfred? Screw that. I still think that is that is a, a, a stupid decision. And, i I'm, again, I'm going to straight up say that's, I think that's stupid. I don't know if it was his idea. I don't want to put all blame on him because, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, he can just say, I'm going to do this and I don't care what, what the publisher says. No, you can't do that maybe dc is like hey we want you to kill alfred and then you know he gets the blame and the credit i I don't know what the situation is i don't like it i I don't agree with it i I don't see the point it's like oh because i get i and i've talked about this before i feel like i'm just rehashing things but if you want to kind of separate batman then have have him and alfred get in a fight and alfred takes off and whatever done they're they're, he's not there but even so without alfred now barbara gordon is in the role of oracle instead of being batgirl because her chip in her back is you know kind of acting up so she can't put as much stress on it so you know batman's got oracle and you know he's got his whole you know team network you know he's i just don't understand and then wally west Oh, Screw Wally West, you know we we he's been missing for so many years and fans have been asking for Wally West to come back. We're going to come bring him back. We're going to have him murder like 12 other superheroes and and try to cover it up in Heroes in Crisis. And and then then they, they do the the last Flash story, but we're going to erase all that. We're going to redeem Wally West. <laughs> was that always a plan or was it just because they realized that people hated it so much? So, uh, yeah, that's my rant for the week. Um, you don't kill, you don't kill Crypto. I don't care who you, you, you know, I don't, I would almost say kill Supergirl before Crypto. Don't kill Supergirl because I feel like Supergirl is being wasted. The the fact that she like doesn't have an ongoing series. But you don't kill Crypto. It makes me like, I, I seriously just want to stop reading the series and just like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm you know sorry tom king you know he's doing human target i kind of don't want to read that now um i the only reason i will read it is because of of greg smallwood's art and the fact that because it's, it's human target i could care less what happens to human target he's not a character i care about you kill off human target don't kill him off because i'm sure some people care i don't care if you kill him off but then probably what's going to happen is like oh no someone else is going to die Killing off characters, to me, is not something that I want in a comic book. That is not a selling point. Come up with other ideas. And Tom, if you're listening, I'm sorry. You know I love you, man. Uh, I think you're awesome, but I hate this. And maybe that's the point. It's get me riled up. Here I am. How long have I been talking about this now? Oh, my God. Don't. <laughs> don't kill crypto bring him back somehow it's so stupid don't kill crypto <laughs> oh man i'm gonna lose my voice and i still have so much podcast to do <laughs> anyways uh superman red and blue issue five uh again we got some really cool stories here i just feel like it's it's becoming a lot of the same stuff like like oh superman is such an honorable character is so cool and this and that you know you can do all this stuff and um they're, they're they're cool the the art i i like the red and the blue and the white um but i don't know it's how many more issues i feel like this should be something that's not like monthly because i feel like it, it's it feels like it should be like a special thing and it shouldn't be like all the time but when we're getting like several short stories in the same issue that's just like more and more and more you know like i'm th- getting thrown in our face and I know I don't have to read it, but I feel, like, I, I feel like I I should be reading it to let you guys know. And because, you know, I, I love Superman, but we have that. Um, Catwoman, issue 33. So she goes up against this dude. Oh, what What's his name? Um, isn't he like Saint something? Um, the guy that I'm not really uh, super... Simon... No, is it Simon Saint? Anyways her whole battle against this guy the way she she just goes like headlong into it and then he's got like this knife and then whoosh, slashes her in the gut or whatever and sla- stabs her again and it seems like she's being very careless and i feel like she should do a better job fighting against him and and even though um his origin was was kind of interesting in the, the recent annual i'm just not crazy about the character or whatever and then um and, and as she's, like, stabbed and everything like that, so then she she drops herself into, like, the Gotham Harbor, even though she's, like, bleeding out. It's like, that doesn't seem like it's a good idea. Like, how much uh, waste and contaminants in, in there, and now that's going to be mixing in with your, as your blood gushing out. And, yeah, but then uh, maybe she's going to get some help from someone. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Justice League 65. Um, there's a bit of a revelation here and I kind of don't think I should spoil it, but I'll just say if you've read the previous issue, so Green Arrow and Black Canary were like kind of off, you know, going off or whatever. And, uh, you know, a little vacation or adventure of their own and someone's like following them and and they're aware of it. Like some, like, who is this like easy trying to kill us or whatever we find out the identity of this person is and uh we'll just say that this person has a connection they're related i'll go so far as to say that they're related to someone else in the dc universe and it's someone that we had no idea never any mention just it's like like someone has a brother and um it's just that question is like how i mean that it's like okay I, i that could be interesting and all that but you know, I'm I'm curious. Does this character know that they had a brother? Because if 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 the other person knew, that's kind of shady, whatever. So I could see if it was like a secret, you know, whatever. You know, one of the parents didn't tell the, the child or whatever growing up, and yeah, we'll we'll see see where where this goes. But we we have that um, Deathstroke kind of shows up as well, and then then uh, the other part is dealing with this, uh, what's this alien dude, um, sim- seminars, whatever, the dude coming after Superman. <laughs> um, there was a funny part, the one the Justice League is getting attacked, and then um, Batman's like, Wonder Twins, we need power, like we practice. So they're like, Wonder Twin powers activate, form of Gorilla Grad, form of bucket of ocean water. And I was like, wait, are you serious? Why a bucket of ocean water? Well, we know Aquaman, or maybe you didn't know that Aquaman's there. So it's like, hey, I'm gonna throw Zan on Aquaman, and then um, how was he gonna reform? Because if Aquaman's getting splashed by water, isn't he gonna kind of absorb some of it? I just, I'm, I'm just like, how, how is Zan gonna reform? And that's just i don't know i understand that anyways so yeah things are are, are looking pretty pretty dire for the justice league and then there's a Justice league dark story which i didn't read (laughs) nightwing issue 62 um i obviously of course I, i love this so this is tom taylor uh writing this and the whole idea so it's like the mystery of melinda zuko so, um, what's the synopsis say? Because I don't want to spoil too much. Melinda well, Zuko's connection to the man who killed Dick Grayson's parents wasn't a surprise to the Blood Haven hero, but what the former Robin discovers about Melinda's ties to the Flying Grayson leaves the unusually upbeat detective speechless. So, um, see, it's it's a spoiler, but I think I mean. There's gonna be some spoilers because you know it's it's just ridiculous. If I, I know I can't tiptoe around everything, but basically, so spoiler, uh, cover your ears for ten seconds. Ready, one, two, three, here we go. Or three, two, one, ten seconds right now. She says that she's Dick Grayson's sister. Okay, spoilers over. So it, how could that be? We find out because when you think about that, you're like, wait. If that's true, the way that that happened, what does that mean? You know, that that seems a little questionable. So one of the things is, you know, we're looking at who is this uh, Melinda Zuko and how did Dick never know about her? One of the the questions I had as reading this is like, is she older or younger than Dick? Because if she's younger, that kind of means some like, wait a minute. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. If she's older, which I think she, I'm trying to think of how, how it was told. I think she is older. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So maybe just a, a little older. But uh, apart from that, you know, when, I, when it's the idea is like, wait, really? You're going to do this? Like I, after all these years and all of a sudden this, it I, I to- totally accept it. It, it makes sense. I, I'm totally by it. I'm down with it. Um, it's not like, like, like I'm like, yes, this is what I wanted, but I, I can totally accept it the way it's been explained and laid out. And pre- I think that that's, it makes perfect sense. It's a brilliant, brilliant explanation. I, I would go as, as far as to say, so it, it works perfectly. So I'm, I'm okay with that. And I'm really curious to see what this means for the character um, because you know she's now the mayor of Bloodhaven, and, and you know she's working with Blockbuster, and Blockbuster's not a good. Cause didn't he kill like the former mayor just so she can become the mayor? And she's like, okay, so what does that say about her? Unless you know she her hands are tied. I don't know, but I'm I'm really curious. I, I this is a great series. I'm so glad that Tom you know Tom Taylor is an amazing writer, and I'm so glad that DC is like, okay, we'll put you on Nightwing you know, instead of we'll put you on a Batman book or, you know, he's doing a Batman me, but you know that, that they may say for whatever reason, you know, they don't always want to give Nightwing, they don't give him the, the attention that he should get. So the fact that they're letting Tom Taylor or, you know, letting him having him do it. I'm, I'm so glad that they're using, putting his talent on this book because it's, it's just great. And then we have um, the flash 772, So Wally West is, uh, not retiring, but he realizes he's like, he needs a friggin' job. And, you know, so what can he do? And, you know, he's, he's trying to figure things out and trying to go on some interviews. He's trying to do things the old fashioned way. He doesn't want to hand out, you know, he doesn't want to go to Ollie or Bruce and whatever. And so he's, uh, he's got like a gap in his resume, which, you know, how's he going to explain that? So, um, it's, it's just kind of interesting to see things, you know, go out and then um he does get a job and then it turns out that there's a connection to someone else which I'll mention next issue because it may play a bigger role so he kind of gets a promotion because of this and you know if he's like dude I don't want a handout but they're like no and so this is actually going to work out and i it, it totally makes sense you know if if you have these heroes with lots of money if you have someone like green arrow who is funding um, the Justice League and funding Checkmate. Now, you know they're they're you willing to use their. You know if they're heroes and they have all this money, they're not looking to be you know living in mansions and stuff like that. They're looking to save the world. You know that's what they're doing just like Batman. You know Bruce Wayne had the persona, but he poured so much money into all the the Batman gadgets or whatever, or diverted so much money. For his crusade against evil to save lives, so it makes sense that if someone has all this money, help out those who don't, so they can you know continue the. It's it's the same thing. Like if Batman's gonna like okay, I'm I'm gonna order five Batmobiles to for my fight against crime, you know for whatever that that costs. The same thing. It's like okay, I'm gonna give someone some money so they can survive, so they can you know save lives, and so I'll let that makes sense. So um i i'm i'm interested to see like where this is going to go and and so forth over at marvel there is alien issue five i kind of read through this um, i'm i hate to say it i'm kind of losing a little interest in this, this alien story i mean that's why i didn't read the last alien comics and i don't know if it's directly related to this series or predates it or whatever yeah, so I, I whatever I'm not even gonna try to explain it because, you know, like I said, I just I skimmed through this issue to to see what's going on. So I, I don't know. Um, I'm not really sure what I want in the alien comic. And uh this is just yeah. Captain Marvel thirty. So Carol is trying to figure out how she can stop um, Ova, the future son of Enchantress and Namor. because, uh, you know, she recently Got pulled into the future, this horrible future where like a lot most of the heroes were killed because of Ova, and then um, Ova escaped through time at some point. She doesn't know where he's at, so she's like, "I got to figure out some way to stop him so he doesn't make this future happen." And you know, she's like, "I need to, I need to learn some magic or whatever." And Doctor Strange is like, "Ha ha ha!" N- no, yeah, and he kind of put the word out to other people not to help her. And so she ended up going to Enchantress of all people to to get some help, which you know. So basically, uh, they they steal this like Atlantean artifact or something like that, which is you know not a good move, but you know desperate times and all that. And uh, as uh, Enchantress as she prepares it, she's like, okay, basically you need to ingest this, and it's gonna make you immune to magic. And she's like she's like, I'm not going to drink it. You know, it's like, I don't want it for myself because, you know, she's for a magician or someone in magic. It's like making a person blind or something like that. It's like, you know, taking one of their senses or and so whatever this thing. So, but then the big question is, can Carol trust Enchantress that it will do as she, she says, or is it going to do something horrific? Is it going to kill her? Is it going to do something worse or whatever? So there, there's all that. And then, um, uh, uh, things. Uh, there's another thing that that happens. Well, I'll, I'll just say it then. Uh, she enchantress. I don't want to spoil the whole thing, but enchantress does kind of realize what Carol's intentions are, and then she's she's not happy, and uh, Ova ends up coming, whatever. So, um, yeah, you got a big fight there. Um, extreme carnage. Phage came out. I did not read that, and I refuse to read that because. uh, See, I should, cause Flash Thompson's in this, but I hate. I don't like. I I hate the other symbiotes, (laughs) so I I, maybe I'll read that. I don't know. Um, Gamma Flight issue two. I don't want to read this. I did this. I did read this, and wait, the biggest reveal of the summer. Who is after Gamma Flight? Um, I did read this, and I don't (laughs) know what the big reveal is. Yeah, I totally don't remember if there was a big. It was what was the big reveal? Biggest reveal of the summer, and I totally don't remember. I don't know if they there was a big reveal, but um, scars here. I I totally forgot the scar had the stupid fingers on his head. I don't like that. I, I vaguely recall that happening, um, but yeah, this I don't know how I feel about about this. I mean, I'm I'm interested. You know, I I I think. Uh, Absorbing Man's an interesting character, and I like him and Titana, Titania together. Um, Doc Samson, I don't like him in as green. Um, Walter, Walter, what was his last name? Walter Langowski, in his body, it, it just seems in this. So he's in a green Sasquatch body, and then I don't like what's going on with Rick. <laughs> so I guess there's just a lot that I don't like. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy issue sixteen. Um, last annihilation starts here and see that has a problem I wasn't super crazy about annihilation and now we got this and I don't know what it is about this series either um so things are, are kind of heating up and everything and and yeah so um I, I do like the the mention of, of them being like uh you know they, they talking about Mars like that the x-men have have like terraformed and all that and, and like being at the the hellfire uh gala but yeah, so the guardians get attacked, and Nova and, and Starbrand or Starbrand, Star Lord are gonna go and yeah, I don't know. And Dormammu, he basically took over Ego to living planet, so now he's a giant planet-sized Dormammu head. Okay, Marauders uh, issue twenty-two. This issue basically. <sighs> What was the, okay so we find out there, there's a lot of between um emma frost and uh and uh Sh- sebastian shaw so we find out some stuff that um because you know he he has been wanting to like resurrect this his uh was it his wife or his girlfriend or whatever but then um and he's been refused so emma's like she's like well the reason you're being refused is because she's not dead. So we, we get like a flashback. We find out like what's going on. And, um, a little bit of like Emma, like coming to power and how she like made a deal with someone in order to achieve some things and, you know, to get like a favor. And, and so it's like, it's always interesting to, to think about like how far she's come from the be, you know, early days when she first joined the hellfire club and all that. So, um, We'll see what what this means for Sebastian, like what what he's gonna do with this news. Miles Morales, Spider Man, twenty eight. Um, so this is, uh, I would say, is this a conclusion? Conclusion of the yeah of the clone saga. I, I wasn't super crazy about it. the The idea of the clones, I mean, it, it just seems weird. And um, I, I I guess my problem is that you know we didn't really see these clones develop. And for like the the main clone to be so evil, you know, and it, it's supposed to be Miles, because it, it's like with the the original Clone Saga, you know, or if you look at like Ben Riley, you know, Ben Riley is, is basically Peter Parker, you know, they're 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 both good people, they're both heroes, and then this evil Miles is just just evil, and then you know the other two slightly uh, altered whatever, uh, you know, ones. So uh, we do get a. Interesting conclusion. Um, we'll we'll have to see where where this goes and and that. And I think uh, so. I mean, it was it was an okay story arc. I mean, for me, it, when I first heard about, it, I'm like, okay, this is cool. I I am one of the few people who liked the original Clone Saga for the most part. The, the, I won't talk about the ending. And uh, so I'm I'm like, okay, I'm I'm totally down to see what they're going to do with Miles and how to you know you know change things or just whatever and it it wasn't as super exciting as i thought or i hoped um but then uh wait you do not want to miss the most heart-wrenching comic of the year no i don't think so who's writing these (laughs) uh and I i think the next issue i don't know if that's where miles is getting a new costume which i don't really understand that but that's what he's doing then there's this comic called Moon Knight that came out. So Moon Knight issue one. Uh, so this um I think I I got to read this early. And I, I think um when I was recording last time is when I, I literally I had to stop recording to read the issue because I, I got an early copy. And uh I I I really liked it. I, I'm hesitant to say that I loved it, but I, I think I I kinda near loved it. It's it's pretty good it's really good i'll say and you know i was super nervous about what was going to happen and what was you know going to be uh i did not like the moon knight khan versus the avengers and uh i thought that was uh, a little extreme um didn't really feel true to character uh so I, i like what's going on here that it's you know it's kind of pulled back a bit and you know, Moon Knight has his you know his little mission. He's protecting his neighborhood, and people come to him when they need help, and he'll you know unleash his uh, his brand of justice on people. And uh, Jed McKay, I, I I love what he's doing. You know, I have been praising Black Hat since the beginning. I, I love what he's been doing there, and I feel pretty confident in his hands so far. You know, there, who knows what's going to happen and you know because there's always editorial decisions that might say you can't do this or we'd rather you we want you to go this way or so fingers crossed because i i like i said i really enjoyed this issue and uh um you know there's some talk about like you know he has a therapist here why does he have a therapist there's a reason uh it's kind of like mandated whatever and you know there there is mention of like what what about Shu? where's he at and and other things like that and uh is moon knight getting a new nemesis he just might be so there there's definitely some interesting things here and uh yeah it, it i enjoyed this so i recommend it if you haven't read moon knight before there is um i i feel like this is pre- you know there there is a like a ret of abbreviated retelling of his origin that doesn't feel like a complete rehash. Like here we go again. You know, if you've, you've been reading, you know, Moon Knight for years, so I, it, it's done in a way where it's not too verbose. Where you know, it's 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 a little succinct. You know, it gets to the point, tells it in in enough detail to make sense, and uh, so I think it it works for new and old readers. You know, so everyone can can enjoy this series. So I, I do, like I say, I do recommend this i so I, I think i don't know if i mentioned I, I wrote a review so if you want to see my full review go to entertainmentfish.com you can read it there and, and so forth and um yeah so I'm, I'm i'm happy with this so i can't wait for this second issue moon knight or new Mike <laughs> moon knight number one i'm gonna talk about it again that's how much i liked it new mutants uh, issue 20 this is this is okay um, I'm not super crazy about this series. I don't like what's going on with the the kids, not the new moons, the, the younger kids. They're doing this like body swapping thing, and I don't really understand what they're doing. And and they're they're putting their their themselves into dead bodies. And I think part of this is because of the Shadow King. Shadow King is kind of accepted. I at first I was like, do do the others people know that Shadow King is on Krakoa, whatever. But I guess since everyone has a clean slate, they're allowing him there, which seems dumb. But they're uh you know putting themselves in in dead bodies and stuff like that and not telling the adults and everything like that but then uh uh uh, what's in gabby was killed and they don't want to tell the others they're like because they don't care they're not going to do it and it's like that is absolutely ridiculous so they're like well maybe we can bring her back and you know bring her put her soul back in her body or does the soul still exist and I just it just seems crazy. And and Wolspane Rain, she's she's like she's clearly upset, but the way she's like snapping at other people, it's like her friends for like years. I don't know. Reptile issue three. Um I you know, I, I really enjoyed the first issue, didn't like the second one so much. This is it's just okay. Um I I hate to say it, I don't I I can't see this this series lasting, you know, being more than just a mini. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, there's, there's, there should be an appeal about this. You know, I, I liked the idea of this character and I feel like that this could be something that, that younger readers would love S- someone who can turn into a dinosaur. that, that is like a cool thing, but just, I, I guess what really bugs me is like, so he's staying with his cousins or whatever. And like his, one of his cousins, and I went off on this last last time, but how she just taught herself magic by reading online, where she can do all this crazy, ma- like way ridiculous magic stuff. Yet Carol Danvers couldn't, you know, do magic to save, you know, a leaf from falling on a tree or whatever. You know, it just it just seems ridiculous how she can do all this magic like no problem and. I don't know. So you know, we are getting more information about Reptile's parents and you know their, their their deaths, whatever. So yeah, it, it was okay. Savage Avengers issue twenty two. So this what happened in this issue? Uh, oh, there's a um, Conan and uh, Johnny Blaze. They they deal with some like nightmares stuff and um it um not my favorite of of, of the. You know, I I've enjoyed. I'm not reading the Conan stories because I've never been like a hardcore Conan fan. But I like Conan in the Savage Avengers. I've been enjoying this series. You know, seeing him interact with the others and everything like that. This was not like one of my. This was my favorite issue of the series. So it was it was just okay. Then we have Darth Vader, um, Star Wars Darth Vader issue fourteen. This is a Ward Bounty Hunters um, crossover. So we we do see a little bit more. Um, about like who is going after uh darth vader um Um-Baron, and uh who why did ig88 attack him and ig88 comes back and so you know there, there's a little bit more information going on here so this is i, I it was interesting then we have a uh, war bounty hunters uh jabba the hutt so there is now. Unfortunately, this takes place. This like this should have been released before last week or whatever it was. We do get a, a little overlap again, but we do see this new character, Deva. Um, I forgot what her full name is. So this a uh, new uh, character, and when I first heard about it, I was like, "Really, we're gonna get this other character?" And I was like, "That." When I first saw her design, like you know, she's green skinned alien. Alien. She has kind of like feathers for instead of hair. I was kinda of like this doesn't really kind of feel like a Star Wars character, but reading this issue and then seeing like a flashback story with her and like Boba Fett, I I kinda of want to see more of her. There is um there's a little bit of like an Aura Singh vibe, and and maybe I don't know if it's just because at one point you know she has like a red like jumpsuit, kinda of like how Aura Singh wore. But I I'm really curious about this character now, and I I would like to see more uh, of her. So I I'm intrigued with the design now of her character, and I, I I think it does work. I don't know how it would look, you know, live action. Not that we would ever get that, but um, yeah. So I I am they they sold me. I'll, let's just say that you know I wasn't sure what I was gonna think, but it it works for me. Thor Annual One. This was an Infinite Destiny's comic oh goodness I'm I'm so annoyed by these Infinite Destiny comics because you know it, it keeps saying who are the other people wielding the, the power stones maybe we'll find out here no we won't we have not I think there's been like five different comics that have come out we don't know anything yes one of them featured Star but we already know that she has one of the, the power stones or infinity stones or whatever you want to call it and then, uh, then we get more uh, part five of eight of the Nick Fury, you know, being brainwashed now or whatever. And the the Thor story was was okay. Um, that yeah, is like someone plotting against Thor. Um, Hawkeye makes an appearance, which is cool and kind of funny a little bit, but yeah, I, it's just. Pfft. Then X Men Legends Issue Five. So this is by Peter David and Todd Nock. So that that's cool. This takes place between um, X Factor seventy five and seventy six. But the thing is, I, I kind of wish I would went back and read those issues because you know we're, we're trying to find out like uh, they went had, they went to a uh, Latvian embassy because there was uh I guess report of some mutants attacking. So that kind of made it their their problem to deal with. Supposedly they're saying that like the Avengers kind of pushed it off on Fantastic 4, Fantastic 4 pushed it off on X-Factor because it was mutants and you know like no one wanted to take the blame and you know be like the bad guy against mutants or whatever because it's like such a touchy subject or whatever in the news and how you know people feel about them and everything like that. But uh, it was an enjoyable a uh, comic, an uh, enjoyable story. So this is not. It's going to continue in the next issue, but it was nice going back to this era, seeing this this version of X Factor, and um, just and Todd Knox art. You know, anytime I can see Todd Knox art, I am still wait. Where the heck is is Gwen Stacy? When is that getting finished? Marvel, <laughs> but yeah. So X Men Legends. I've been enjoying this series overall. I, I like how they're taking the you know original writer. And letting them flesh out or continue or reveal parts of a story that either were cut out or, or cut short or just not told before. And then the fact that, you know, if they get other artists, the cool artists like this, were all the more, you know, better for us. And with that, <laughs> whew, that was going to be comics for the week. Okay, Rick and Morty, Season 5, Episode 5, A Morty Can Graffiti. So I... I actually really like this episode uh, this this was really good and it's it's weird so I I know I've been kind of complaining. and I know I, I may come across as sounding a little prudish when I you know bring up the same thing but the last couple of episodes you know with the the humor focusing on some sort of sexual nature it just it kind of seems like a not the lowest common denominator but it just it doesn't seem as creative, and not, I'm not one to talk, whatever. But w- with this week's episode, it felt a little more back to normal. You know, we had just different wackiness, zaniness, and and the fact that there was a, like a, a big Hellraiser, <laughs> whatever, homage or inspiration or, or theft or whatever, that that made me chuckle because, uh, as you may know, I, I really love Clyde Barker's Hellraiser and, and his stuff and everything. So uh, with this episode... Beth asked Jerry if he can watch the kids because she has to work. There's like some horse emergency. Uh, I think someone put Barry white music over to intercom and all the horses started like going at it. So there's all these pregnancies or something like that. But he says that, um, or Rick says that Jerry can't go because it's guys nights. And she's like, since when have you guys started guys night or whatever? And Rick's like, Oh, now you're complaining that I like your stupid husband. And Beth's like, she's like, no, I, I, I like that you you like my stupid husband or what. So anyways, so she goes uh, to the kids and she she tells uh, Summer that, you know, she's in charge of more of Morty and no parties and, and or no vape stuff and stuff like that. But then Marty's like, or Morty, Marty Morty's like, but you know, can I have a, a friend over? And she's like, no, I just told Summer no, no friends. He's like, but it's just one friend, Bruce Chuckback. And then when Summer hears this and she like she like sits up on on, on a couch and she's like, it's like oh, just let him have one, you know, whatever friend. It's, it's fine, and whatever, like that. So some or Beth agrees to it and then they'd leave. And then Summer's like, uh she's like, How did you arrange that? Because so this is this new kid at school. Apparently he looks really cool and he hasn't really settled into like the social dynamics, so he doesn't know who they are. They they kinda make fun of each other and then so summer admits she's like okay yeah we're we're both nerds or whatever like that and and she says that they both need to win him over bef- before he discovers you know what they're, they're that they're losers or whatever rick and jerry appear <clears throat> they step out of a portal and are in a dark alley Jerry wants a he's like hey can I open the evil cube or whatever so he he, he whatever does it uh, and then uh, a pentagram appears on the ground and they're like a portal opens and he's like, sort of like cenobites appear. you know they're all, like leather and weird uh, stuff on them and, and everything like that and uh, they seem to really let like like Jerry's are like what do you have planned for us and he's like I was thinking a little Jerryoke because they're outside of karaoke uh, bar or whatever and Rick's like ugh. you know he's just groans and then uh the the leader guy comes up to him they, they see that he's upset and they're like are you having a bad time because to us a bad time is Rick finishes like yeah 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 a good time he's like you guys are Oscar to bleep and grouch so they they love suffering and stuff like that so that's why they're hanging out with with Jerry because he's just like so annoying and everything like that and uh then Rick's like when's enough gonna be enough and and then uh, the guy's like we'll decide when you're you're done uh when you paid for the faulty, you know, skin hooks or whatever. And, uh, so Jerry, uh, pops out and he's like, good news guys. They have the entire smash mouth catalog or something like that. But the, so so oh, I didn't mention this, this main guy, he has like pens, like fountain pens, like fancy pens, like in his, like his head, not a lot of them. It's just like, like a row. And he has like some in his shoulder. So he's like penhead instead of pinhead. <laughs> The doorbell rings at the house and Summer's like, wait, wait, wait. And she like, you know, lounges back in the dining room with her feet up on a table, whatever. So Bruce Ch- back arrives. He has like this whole theme song and everything like that. Morty um, brings him into the living room. He's like, hey, look, it's, you know, cable from every dimension. My, my grandfather made it, or whatever. And and uh, Bruce is like, uh-huh. And then you start watching something and then he starts going on his phone like he's just like not impressed at all. So Summer like pulls him into a uh, or she offers like some some old, I guess they call it couch wine, some wine that they stole and they're, they're you know, stashed away or something like that. And he's like, Oh, I'm more into like the hard stuff or something like that. So she pulls Morty into the kitchen and she's like, We have to make things interesting. So she wants to go into the garage. And Morty's like, No, Grandpa said not to touch the stuff. And she touches the doorknob and then there's like this hologram of, of Rick comes out. He's like, I told you guys what, you know, all this stuff like that. And then they hear the door close. They're like, Oh no, he left. So they go out after him and it's so silly so Bruce is like in a driveway Rick's ship is sitting in a driveway so he's out he's like oh I just wanted to look at this car he's like oh it looks pretty cool or whatever and then Summer's like, oh, hang on. He's like, I can get the keys, but the ship won't let them in. There's a like a, a female voice saying, he's like, oh, you're not Rick. You're not allowed and stuff like that. Morty manages a trick it. He's like, well, we're going to save Rick. And, you know, but so basically they, the ship has to let them in so they can go save Rick. Because if they don't, then it's going to be the ship's fault that Rick dies and stuff like that. So then we uh, see like a, a back at the karaoke uh, bar, Jerry singing, oh, Yeah. Uh, which is like hardly any lyrics to it, whatever. So on, on the ship, they're going through different worlds and like a lot of craziness. Like one world, like Summer's hitting mailboxes, but they're kind of like sentient mailboxes. You know, they have like feats and faces and stuff like that. And she's just like hanging out, hitting them, and they're like s- s- streaming through scar stars and colors and whatever or anything like that. But Bruce is kind of playing it cool, like you know, he kind of seems like he's unimpressed with with everything. Beth then shows up at the karaoke place and uh, so she sees that guys night is Rick and a bunch of demons making fun of her husband so she approaches them uh, the the penhead guy he gets excited when he. Finds out that she's Jerry's wife. And he's like, you must have a drink with us. And she's like, I don't get pleasure making fun of other people because I'm not lame. And Penhead says, I don't know if that's what they're really calling him. I didn't look it up or whatever. But he's like, I know that because Rick said that you were cool. And she's like, that catches her off guard. She's like, really? Did he say that? Then she's like, well, I don't care whatever. Or like that. And then they offer her a drink and she's like, What's it? she ends up drinking it, she's like, Oh, this, this is nice. She's like, What is this called? He's like, It's the essence of hell. And she's like, That's a stupid name, whatever. But then she keeps drinking it, so she likes it. And then she's she's like, I'll just stay to support Jerry. Which is like, okay. So Bruce is like starting to smile a little bit, but then uh, the ship knows that Rick is okay. And then Summer's like, well, why are you, you doing all this? And so basically the ship is blackmailing them because the ship says that now it can do whatever it wants because it can blame the rest of the night on them. <laughs> Takes off. They're like screaming, whatever. There's like a bunch of craziness. It's like they're kind of like the ship is pulling like planets or stars or something like that. And then there's like this sort of like Galactus thing that and basically the ship is trying to catch it and wants to kill it. But then it's like, oh, it's not big enough. Whatever. Throw it back because it wasn't tall enough, even though it's like huge. They land on this other planet, and there's like a transformer card type thing, and you know, it bumps into a ship, you know, and changes. It's but they the ship calls it a change former. And then, uh, the change former talks to the ship, and he's like, Oh, I'd like to see you change. He's like, Hey, I'm going to a party at Space Tahoe later if you're around and you want to stop by or something like that. So the ship and actually wants to go because she wants to lose her virginity, and and they're like, you you have a virginity, and Morty's like, all things have or the ships like all things have virginity, and Morty's like, not my doorknob, not that I did anything, whatever. So they're gonna help the ship uh at the bar beth is drinking shots and and she's telling tales jerry's mishaps and the, you know jerry kind of hears this he goes in the bathroom you know he's all in a good mood and everything but then there's a couple other demons at the urinal and they're talking about the his cringe and you know being egged on by his wife and everything like that so once he realizes what's going on he starts getting you know a little sad the the ship uh, walks into like the party whatever and it has a head and arms and legs and stuff like that a changeformer moves forward and he's like oh you got a little wire hanging like kind of like a strand of hair in her face so he goes like to to move it and then the head falls off and they're like Ugh! they're like disgusted you're just a regular car or whatever and she gets mad the ship gets mad and she's like oh I'll show you what I, the real means she's like torches the whole room and kills all the changeformers and cuz you know the the kids are still in the ship and they're like ah you know as, as this is happening so uh, back at the karaoke bar, Jerry's kind of upset, and he's, like, snapping back at the Hell demons. So he's mad at being Rick's punchline, and then he says it, it's low, but he guesses his wife can go even lower. Then uh, Penhead says, he's like, oh, you're starting to bum us out, whatever. And then he's like, if, if I can't make them have fun, he's like, we'll make our own or something like that. And he starts killing people at the karaoke bar, like stab someone with, like, a cue stick or with a pool stick and... And then we see the ship is killing more changeformers and stuff like that. The Hell Demons, they say that uh, they ruined their enjoyment of Jerry, and that, so they're going to take him. They, they leave through a portal. Now Rick is mad because it's kind of Beth's fault, whatever. And he's like, you, you never follow Hell Demons through a second portal because it's always hell. So they're in hell now, and they're <laughs> Rick and Beth are in disguise. Uh, so Rick has kind of like a hole in him with like a, a marlin sticking out of, like, like stabbed him or something like that. So they walk up to this dude, and he's like Marlin Guts, and and then Beth has like darts like ar- around her face with like blood dripping down, and, and she's got like this kind of like bone corset thing or whatever. And so the guy's like Marlin Guts and Dartboard Face. He's so he's like, oh, but you're not on my list. And um, they they do reverse psychology, like you know Rick's like, oh, that makes me sad that you know you say we're not on the list, but then that makes me happy, and then you know it's back and forth. So the guy ends up letting him in they find jerry he's like hanging um on some hooks whatever like not stab but just like literally just like hanging there like fine and uh so this what other demon is happy to see rick rick shoots him with these like zappy stun things there's like uh the main dude like the leader dude this other guy not not penhead this other guy and and two of his underlings they get zapped but they like it because it hurts because pain is good and then there, he says that Jerry was just baked. They really wanted Rick. You know, He's like, you two are a package deal because Rick thinks he's cool and Jerry's lame. But the two of them combined is is what they call the lamest thing ever or something like that. So then he orders their guests to be hooked. The hooks pick them up and put um, Rick and Beth on either, either side of Jerry. But then Rick's like, nice hooks. Where'd you get them? And then they just crumble and they fall off. Then the leader dude tells the under and he's like, I thought I told you to replace them. And he's like, I forgot, which makes me embarrassed, which makes me proud. So, uh, Rick, uh, Beth and Jerry, they are able to escape. They like jump out a window, whatever they go into what looks kind of like a school, like a demon school. There's like some stuff written on, you know, he like wipes a whiteboard and starts writing some stuff on there. He's making some plans. Morty summer and Bruce. Now they're at like this space police station and, uh, the so their attorney comes and it's a uh, it's basically the ship the ship put a chip in this woman's head like this alien woman's head and morty's like what happened to the real woman Is she going to be okay like cuz she's just all like kind of little and just being like a puppet for the ship which is but there's a gross like it almost look like a car stereo just sticking out of the back of her head or whatever like that. So then, uh, so she says that she cut a deal and they just need one person to take the falls and the ship's like, you know, they should just make, make Bruce take the fall because, you know, things were great before he came along and everything like that. And summer's like, yeah, you know, he's, he's a bit of a drip, but you know, we can't, we're not going to let him take the blame or whatever. And ship's like, okay, you know, there's, there's other options. She's like, we'll do this a hard way because, you know, I, I thought you'd want to take the less violent plan or something like that. So. Uh, she goes towards a wall like like blows up the ships outside they go in there and then uh they leave the place but but the ship starts shooting the whole like space station base thing and it just like explodes rick uh and and uh this he made this new device it's an aversion converting inversion reverter (laughs) i had like like rewind that like what a no and aversion converting inversion reverter so it shoots concentrated pleasure pain inverting shrapnel which reverts the pleasure from pain back into the pain from pain <laughs> so he says that they're, they're going to kill them with 100 percent sincerity so he's like they just need like a high level embarrassment to get started so he tells jerry just to be himself and jerry's like oh yeah you know he's mad uh so you know jerry and beth they're not really keen on embarrassing jerry you know more rick's like fine he's like i should have you know told you they they have a one guy captured that they they brought in and you know he's like strapped to his like wheelchair with this device like back to him he's like oh i I should have told you about the plan or whatever he's like you know i i think i'm cool and that i you know don't don't care for jerry but i you know i really do or something like that and they captured demon he's like nerds and uh he he the device starts like siphoning pain from him or whatever like that so they they use it there's like a kind of like a gun on the thing so they're like pushing the the wheelchair and it it so it hurts in a bad way or something like that so he 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 turned the pain back into pain so he's walked they're pushing the guy like shooting all these other people and they're like ah and everything like that he takes out the leader and he's like consider my debt paid he's and then jerry opens a hell portal. Um, rick tells jerry he's like what happened down there like i'll replace you next time he's like because what happened there can never happen again and jerry's like 10-4 good buddy so they they get uh, in beth's car and then they their family car they see she sees this 1106 she's like oh it's late we should get back to the kids and the ship the the ship detects that rick is on the way home so she's like we you know they, they zip home land in there she's like okay get inside she's like i have to shower because rick can smell adventure and then uh, the, the car pulls up and Rick gets out and starts, like, sniffing. And Jerry's like, I, I'm sorry, I farted. And then they go inside. Inside, they see the kids are just watching TV. Uh, and then, you know, they leave. Then Bruce tells him he had fun hanging hanging out. But um, he needs more than, uh, or it was like something about the experience of a lifetime. But it, but to be up front, the way he does is he can't really commit to a friendship in 24 hours. He needs to get a sense of their standing within the social school's hierarchy. So he's like, if that's solid, I'll see you around. Otherwise, no news is good news. Bye Z's. So even though he had like a blast, he's, he wants to, you know, wait to see how cool they are at school or whatever. So he leaves and Summer's like cringe. And then they're, they're like, S- sofa wine. So then they drink it. So they're like, okay, this guy's kind of a, you know, whatever. That's the end of the episode, but then the the end scene they're at school, they're like in a, the kids are in the cafeteria, not not uh, other kids. So Bruce Chup back is hanging with some people, like cool people just lounging there or whatever. There's like a girl on his arm, and and uh, someone this dude's like, How are you so cool, or whatever. And then this girl's like, Wait, didn't you wear those pants yesterday? And then he starts walking out as he walk on the cafeteria. One guy's like, Are you going home to not change your pants, Bruce Chupp pants? And in summer. And, and morty are like out in the hall and they're like and summer's like damn that's gonna stick and morty's like this place is a jungle you know i hope he can find some solace in his own company and then he leaves he's walking down the street and his theme song now is like a sad theme song before he makes it home a flying mailbox with mailbox people come in they smack him and they're like that's what you get or something like that so um yeah that that's how it goes so it was a. Uh, it, it, it was it was good i i enjoyed it and um like i said it, it was different than uh, the last couple and this is what i like this is the more you know wacky you know adventure i don't think it needs to just rely on, on something sexual, like oh they're pushing boundaries you know whatever i don't know i mean that's just what i think with DC's Legends of Tomorrow season six, episode ten, "Bad Blood," so we see uh, Constantine sitting in his attic. Uh, he's in front of that dude in a painting. Uh, who knows the location of the map to the fountain that he needs to get get his magic back? Because John lost his magic. He's just standing there. He like chews some gum, and, and the guy's like, "Oh, you're gonna taught me, you know, whatever like that." Then he puts a gum on the painting's forehead, and he and then John's like, "He's like, tell me the location of the map, or I'll desecrate you with my bodily fluids, or whatever." So the painting dude finally says like, he's like, oh, I entrusted it with a banker until my return or something like that. So then a doorbell rings. This lady named Noelle arrives. But it turns out she's a vampire because she's like, aren't you going to invite me in? And so he's like, ah, you're a vampire. So he lets her in and he invites her in. And she asks, where's Alistair, the dude in painting? And she wants two million pounds in exchange. And he says that he's offering something more valuable, a favor. Because uh, and then she like zips up to him like across the room she's like "What could, you know, Like, she's, like close to his neck she's like what could you offer me or something like that he's like I could spare your immortal life because I guess he tricked her into like a circle and I don't know if she was bound or anything like that but it's like you know the sun could come and kill her or something like that so but then she's like okay but she's like now that you've invited me in I can return anytime I want and then he says that you know he has magical runes that can keep her away, but she says that she also has a potion for Alistair and, and then she's like one day Constantine will get a taste for it and be gagging for it or something like that. So it's like this red whatever potion thing. And then we see Berard. He's on the guitar singing to Gus. Like they're doing a little lullaby. So Gus, Gus is in a, like a bassinet. Nate's playing a triangle. And then we see Alien Gary's, like with a Rainmaker stick or whatever. So they're kind of like all singing. Zari's like, you know, regular OG Zari. She's like recording on her phone or whatever. And then Spooner, you know, they stop singing, but then Gus starts crying again. So then they have to start singing again. And Spooner's like, no more singing. It's like, I can't take it. And she's like, the alien isn't crying because it wants some music or something like that. She's like, it has growing pains. So apparently, uh, she says, you know, they only live 38 cycles because, of, according to Gary. But apparently Gary's in alien form because he lost his glasses. So, Spooner has to translate for him. But it's like weird. It's like, okay, is the actor playing Gary just not on set? It's just seemed very odd because it's just, you know, some dude in an alien costume, or whatever. Back at Constantine, he brings a painting down. He talks to it about the juicing. He's like, what are you doing? Whatever. So, it's a cocktail with like blood or whatever. And uh, he's like, well, I was trying to reach new mystical heights. And John's like, that kind of magic, you know, magic that powerful comes with a serious price. But, uh, you know, Thanks to the Gary, he knows that the map, you know, so he, he's got the map now. He knows it isn't for the heavens. It's it's like, you know, the, the map of the heavens or something, but it, the, it's a map on earth. There's a little cutout in the map. And John conveniently has a map of, the, of you know, earth, like a flat map that's to the right scale. So when you put the map on, you just have to fit it perfectly. And uh, the cold is Spain. So it turns out that the fountain was in Spain in 1939 alistair he's like go take me with you i'll be your partner he's like oh i have another partner in mind uh back on the ship lita enlists spooner's help um rory isn't happy and says you know he's like man can't get pregnant whatever lita wants spooner to look at his back and there's like this pulsing bump bump there whatever then john walks in and he wants to talk to spooner as well so then you know they they go they share a drink and you know she's like you know you've been stripped your magic you just want me to translate the map and he's like yeah whatever you know she says it's cool and, but then you know she reads it this says something like only those who are worthy may drink from this fountain and he's like, oh yeah I've heard that that kind of rhetoric you know many times or whatever but then she sees mention of a certain city in southeast of Spain or, or whatever in the southeast of Spain So they take a jump ship to Albacete Spain 1939. John fills Spooner in and like, what's going on? They just went through three years of a bloody civil war. There's this one dude, you know, there's a alleged reports of this dude named Elgato who survived a lot of deaths or whatever, including actual crucifixion or something like that. And she's like, maybe he was just lucky. And John's like, no one's that lucky. He's like, that was magic. So Spooner, she's like, well, why don't we just, you know, ask him for, about him? So they go to, like, a tavern. And, you know, the, the lady there, she's like, oh, the tavern's closed, whatever. And and then the dude, there, he's like, especially the fascist outsiders, so they pull guns on him. John, uh, or the guy says, John looks like a German. And then he's like, he's, John's like, I, he fought in the trenches against them or something like that. And then the guy's like, well, what did you grease your guns with? And he goes on, he's like, we had to use, uh, Wine or something like that because there's no whatever, and he's like, but he goes on about all this, all this stuff like that, describing things, and then the guy celebrates him as a fellow brother in arms, so he's accepted him. Barard tells uh, the others that John and Spooner took the jump ship, so he thought theme night. He makes some like Spanish food or whatever. Lita asks Rory, she's like, should you be drinking? He's like, why not? And then then she asks him, like, what's his plan? Just to act like it didn't happen. And, you know, he says something about Kayla. not. you know, he's mad because Kayla didn't warn him. This could happen. But Lita's like, you will, you know, you didn't warn mom or whatever like that. And she's like, me and Nico didn't plan our baby. But, you know, we're dealing with it. Nate and Zari run in. Gus is aging rapidly. He's like a teenager now, hormonal giant teenager. So, but we don't get to see what he looks like. Um, so at the tavern in Spain, the guy asked John why they're, st- you know, they're still there if the fight is over. And John says that he heard of a man still fighting called Elgato, who can't die. And the guy's like, "Oh yeah, I think I heard of him." Um, then he's like, "Well, can you tell me?" And he's like, "Well, it's late. You know, I should, you know, get some sleep or whatever." But he kind of, you know, pushes him, whatever. So he says that his cousin heard that he drank from a magical source. So in the village over, there's a donkey with great big udders, like magical udders, and the milk makes Elgato impervious to even fascist bullets. So John and, and Spooner leave the tavern. They figured that the guy, he's like, that must have been Elgato, And he's like protecting something because just the way he was acting and, and kind of move, moving and everything. So they circle around the back of the tavern. Spooner detects something alien and it's powerful. So, you know, they they go in there You know she, and she has her gun out. It's so weird seeing like, you know, one of the legends with an actual gun because, you know, they don't use guns. But she doesn't have, you know, she just has her alien telepathy thing. They find this kid reading comics, and it's called, like, La Torera. So it's like this female hero that kind of looks like Spooner, but with a mask or whatever. And he can't talk. He's mute. Um, so she's able to find out his name is Fernando. She says the alien power is coming from the kid. John figures he must have drank from the fountain. Then in the tavern, you know, they can kind of hear, like... They're in the back of the tavern, and there's like a vent or window thing, so they can hear uh, these soldiers come in. This one dude, Captain Noriega, you know, he says, Madrid has fallen, the Republic is done, and Hitler's interested in a man named Elgato because he's interested because he's all into all the magic stuff. And they mentioned like the Spear of Destiny, and and uh, he says that the, the word is that this Elgato drank from the Fountain of Imperium. And John's like, Oh, you know, he hears this, and then the guy, um he's Elgato, who he assumes el gato says that oh it sounds like hitler believes in fairy tales whatever then the captain's like line up everyone and start shooting until he talks but then right away he's like i'm the one you're looking for so then the this captain guy shoots him then and then fernando like gets up runs up to him and you know they, they try stopping him you know spooner try stopping him and john just like takes off so fernando goes up to Elgato, takes his hand and then heals him then the captain at last grabs fernando and says like at last you know the key to the fountain so John, like, took off, and he, like, doesn't know what to do. He takes out the vial of the potion. He, like, almost opens it, but then he doesn't. He puts it back in his pocket, and he goes back to the to tavern whatever. Lita's listening to the others. Uh, They're, like, dealing with Gus-Gus. There's, like, all this noise. We don't see anything. She's just, like, outside the noise or outside the door. There's, like, all this banging and whatever, so like that. Rory has a headache, and Lita's concerned that this might be it, that, you know, he might be going th- through labor. And, you know, they should get him to the med bay. But he's like, no. He's like, whatever. If my head explodes, I could deserve it. And she's like, what? He's like, I left Kayla on a planet fighting aliens. And then, you know, he, he says that he left because he had to get back to Lita. And then uh, he's like, but in this line of work, you never leave a partner b- behind. And she's like, well, then she's like, I, I'm going. So now she's going through labor. You know, it just like hit her. Spooner tells Fernando that any second um, her friend will walk through the door with superhero friends. And he's like, like JSA or la Torreta, whatever and she's like well something like that so el gatos they've been torturing him apparently in the back room and uh, the captain's like he's been chatty and after that so fernando's apparently his nephew um so he's like talk tell me what a spooner's like he can't talk because he's mute and he's like we'll see and he puts a knife up to spooner's neck you know like he's threatening her there's a knock on the door father Constantine with orders from the Vatican. So he says that he's been sent back to track down a powerful relic and the captain's like, Oh, the fountain of Imperium and, and apparently Hitler's also looked for it. And then father Constantine says, then, you know, we can work together or something like that. So Rory's trying to get Lita to the med bay. You know, he's like pushing her, her chair or whatever. Um, but then Gus, Gus is, is like, you know, they're all like fighting <laughs> their, their hair. They're a mess. Their hair is all frizzed out The uh, Zari and, uh, barard have to like use her totem powers to kind of blast you know push it back with its wind or whatever and then still manages to come up and then rory blasts at it too and they open up a portal and they send it out to some other place then uh they get they're there and lita admits she's like well i'm not actually going into labor so she wanted to trick rory to get to the med bay since he's going through labor fernando starts talking And Spooner's like, uh, so Constance says that, you know, he's going to you whatever with power prayer and, you know, Spooner's going to speak for Fernando or something like that. So she's telling the story about what happened. There's a bombing. Fernando ran. He hid in the cave and he prayed for a way to save his uncle because he was next to him when the bombing started. A beautiful angel appeared and told him to drink from the fountain and he could feel the power. And then he ran to his uncle and he healed his wounds. Then the captain asks where it was. He starts talking, but Spooner lies and says that he said that he didn't know, that he walked for days and got lost or something like that. Then, uh, But then the tables turn. They start they attacking, start shooting the, the soldiers, a big fight, or whatever. Elgato somehow escaped You know where he was being held in the back room. and They're all fighting. And they end up leaving um, with, with Fernando, uh, Spooner, and, and John. Spooner says they have to go back. 'Cause the fascists will kill everyone, but John's basically like, Well, you know the history, you know, what's gonna happen to this this town or whatever. He's like, We have to get to the kid to tell him where the cave is. She doesn't want to do it, because she's like, you know, John is being selfish. He just cares about the magic, he doesn't care about these people. And um, but then it's she's like you know boohoo you lost your magic whatever and he's like well I'm nothing without magic and he tries like explaining what it's like and everything you know and he says some stuff about you know liking men and women and getting beaten to a pulp for it so like like maybe his dad beat him or something like that and he's like you know magic allows you to break the rules and he tries put into plight of like what it's like for brown people and you know stuff like that so she finally agrees to it they arrive at a cave um john sees a bunch of rocks where the fountain should have been but it's like all dried up and fernando says it was there john's like angry and then he's like um he says that like with her psychic ability she can push fernando's magic into him and he says it'll protect him because then you know they won't be act af- people won't be after him or whatever like that and john you know says just ask him if he wants to you know wants it or wants to give it up and, you know, she's she's kind of mad about this because, you know, she's like, you know, you, again, you're just being selfish type of thing. He steps out of the cave and he sees some soldiers out there, but then he comes back. He's like, oh, I, there's nothing out there. Everything's, you know, fine. Uh, Fernando agrees to it if John will help him find his mom because uh, she went somewhere and she hasn't returned or something like that. Spooner still isn't too sure but John's like he's like, okay come on let's just go let's just do this she tries doing the transfer but she can't do anything then John's like trying to guide her how to focus he's like think of a song or something like that he's like not so much the words but just you know just get into the mood and like focus whatever let yourself go so she she sits there, starts thinking she starts singing the, the Gus Gus lullaby whatever and then Fernando starts glowing the energy flows out of him starts going to John but then it passes him and it goes to the remains of the fountain and just and it's because the prophecy says that only the worthy can drink from the fountain. So apparently John's not worthy. So John tells her to take the boy. Um, she's like, well, what are you going to do? And you know, he, he's like, well, okay, just you know leave here, whatever. Takes a vial uh, out. and He's like, only a monster can protect the boy. And he drinks it. So whatever this vampire potion thing is. His eyes start going freaky. And then there's, like, kind of, like, dark energy and funky music. And so soldiers come into the cave. He starts, like, cackling and shooting blasts. And, and he's, he's just, like, kind of, like, it's almost, like, 60 psychedelic fashion, just the way he's, like, kind of dancing around and laughing and stuff like that. And he goes up to the captain and, like, he puts his hand on his heart or whatever and, and, like, on his chest and he, like, kills them all or whatever. And then Spooner's like, John. And she looks at him, like, like, in shock. And, like, all the soldiers are dead. And then John collapses. Back at the Wave Rider, Rory's scanned. He's not in labor. The pain is normal, especially considering that he has 48 eggs going you know, around in his skull. Rory just sees him on a scan. He's like, tough little guppies, aren't they? And Lita's like, yeah, just like you. The others come in. Gary found his glasses. Sarah and Ava are but ba- I don't even know where they went. I don't even know if they mentioned why they weren't there. And then they see Rory's eggs on a scan. They're like, oh, you know, or it was like, you know, his babies or whatever. Spooner asked John what happened back there. You know, she saw him drink something and he just like plays it off, whatever they go back to the tavern, Fernando's reunited with his uncle, and then they don't even do anything about his mom. So then back at John's, I guess they've been drinking, and she's going on, you know, she's like, for someone who hates religion so much, you sound very, and he's like Catholic, and then, you know, then she talks, says some stuff, he pushes her, you know, she says some stuff about her mom, and whatever, she sees a painting, is snoring, whatever, and then, um, then he pulls out the vial, like, when her back's turned, He's kind of, like, sniffs at it, and she's like, you know, looking at him, and he he says, you know, having magic back is worth the risk. And she's like, "Don't do it." She's like, "I'll tell Zari." And he's like, "No, you won't." And he says some spell, and he's like, "You'll go upstairs and you'll sleep it off. You'll return to the Waverider tomorrow and tell the others I drank from the fountain." So then Noel returns with like a case full of vials, like this little case, and she, he gives her the painting in exchange. And the painting's like, "No, no," it's like, "You don't know who she'll give my soul to, or whatever." And, you know, bad things happen. You only have yourself to blame. But John doesn't care because. He's gonna use this dark vampire magic to give him magic back. So there's probably gonna be some repercussions for that, but because you know he can't, the the fountain doesn't work for him. So this is his what he sees as his only option. So uh, it was a pretty good episode. I I like that. You know, as you can tell, I didn't really complain you know too much about anything. So you know, the, the Gus Gus stuff was a little. It's almost like, what was the point of that? Or, you know, now they just got rid of him. And it's of like, why would they even take them anyways? You know, they're they're trying to kill all these aliens for the most part, it seems like. Or all they have to do is, and he has a baby alien, but just take it back to his planet or figure out where it's from. But maybe, and Gary knew where, was, I don't know. But other, I mean, I, I enjoyed the episode. All right, The Flash, season seven, episode 18, Heart of the Matter, part two. This is the season seven, season finale. And, um... It was, mm. I guess it was good. Uh, the the facts were good. One part <laughs> uh, kind of made me chuckle a bit. So, I well, let's just get to it. So it starts off, Nora's in a med lab and, you know, she's looking over Bart. She's very concerned about him, you know, not waking up and, you know, and she's, you know, is he going to be able to wake up? Are he going to be able to get back home? You know, and is dad, you know, Barry going to do something that will get him killed and everything like that? The, we see Joe and Kristen, they're still in the car or by the car. The Godspeeds are still fighting. And it's it's still, I don't know why, but it looks so silly when it's like. It's just the way they look. And one thing that I really noticed, like, I, I think I've kind of noticed before is like the Godspeeds don't all look the same. You know, they're supposed to be clones, but their, their body types are not the same because clearly. It is different people in the, all these different costumes, you know. I I, I wonder how many they have because I'm sure like when there's fourteen of them, they don't have necessarily fourteen people in, in costumes. So I'm sure they're using some like replication or whatever. May me I don't know if they would use CG if that would be t- more costly or it'd be easier just to put someone else in a costume. But it's just so funny. So uh uh Joe and Chris have to get out of their car because you know, they're, they're like one crashes on the hood or whatever like that. Back in August's mind, so Barry, last episode, goes into August, the present-day August's mind, to try to figure out what's going on and why is all this happening. And then future Godspeed, somehow, which I don't understand how this really works, so future Godspeed, or his memory, is sitting on his throne and present day August is mine. And Barry asks him, you know, he's like, what were you doing at the flash museum? You know, that there, you know, it's like, you know, what do you really want? So Barry's Barry just keeps demanding. He's like, what do you want? And then he's like, or what, you know, cause he's, if he doesn't tell him, he's like, I'm the living God of speed, you know? And then he decides to uh, tell Barry, um, like what's going on, and that you know he can't comprehend yet. He's like, once upon a time, there was a physicist named August Hart. He dreamed of moving faster than light, so he developed a way to achieve his goal and created the velocity formula. But it wasn't enough. You know, it was just wasn't enough. No matter how fast he went, he realized one salient fact. <laughs> I like like that they use salient. You know, like big words or fancy words. Not really, but is so he realized one salient fact that he'd never be fast enough. And then Barry's like, how do you stop the war? Because Barry's like, I'm not here for story time, dude. I just want some answers. And you know, both sides are looking for him, including one side that wants to kill him. And then Godspeed again, he's like, and what? He's like, you'll turn me over to them? Mm-mm. He's like, you're too much of a hero to sell me out. Now, impulse, that's a different story. And Barry says to keep my son out of this. And And Godspeed's like but he's the one that made me realize the truth the artificial speed would always be a pale imitation to of the real thing and he calls you know Bart a spoiled Brett that he's just reckless and he's he's unworthy he has a gift that should be mine <laughs> now he's you know he's gonna get it and barry realizes what this is all about he wants organic speed uh but he doesn't remember how things went down Uh, And he says that, you know, memory loss is a side effect of fracturing himself in time. But he knew Barry would come looking for answers and eventually come to him. So basically give him his request and he'll save the city by absorbing the clones or refuse his request and watch your city burn. Barry's like, that's not going to happen. Plus, what you're asking to do is impossible. And Godspeed says, impossible is your thing. He's like, you can figure it out or watch more cities fall. He's like, so basically he says his army will spread and the whole world will be torn apart. But it's like, you do that, dude? What's that mean for your future? Because you're not going to have a a, a city in the future. It's like, you just don't care. You just want the organic speed or nothing. And he's like... Okay, then he goes. Ooh, I can see the wheels spinning in your head. You're desperately looking for a way out of this. Well, guess what? There isn't. So, what's your answer? And he's paused. Answer me, damn it! <laughs> and Barry's. He's like, I already did. He's like, the answer is no. And Godspeed's like, Oh, you'll change your mind. You have no choice. And then he blasts him out of his mind. And then like, so in the in the wherever they're at the one room whatever and present day august he's like what happened she's like did you find a real me he's like what did i say and they all kind of look at each other awkwardly for like a very long time because you know cecile knows what's going on barry knows and i don't know if the others if, if they could all see it or whatever but it was just like, like i don't know if, if this was when it, it cut to the opening credits like the you know whatever but it was just like a long time where they're like Ooh, you know so then uh, Nora says that they you know once it, it cuts back Nora says they, they need to give him what he wants that things will be destroyed people cities or family Barry says that you know he'll be more dangerous and Nora says that they have tried everything else and they're no closer to, to stopping him Iris tries talking sense to her as well and she says that you know I, Nora says that she just feels so so hopeless but Jay says you know things are never e- easy Iris suggests she's like why don't we go check on Bart so they they leave the room, and then Jay tells Barry, you know, he's like, if we're not gonna give him his powers back, we better think of something, you know, big and and quick or something like that. So Cecile talks to August. He's just like kind of distracted, knowing that you know he's gonna be this this big villain. He's like, you know, what am I supposed to do now? And Cecile says that, you know, things seem hopeless, but this team, if anyone can figure things out, it's Team Flash. And he says that, you know, he saw Barry's face. He's like, it's true, right? He's like, I'm a monster. I'm from a future where, you know, I'm a killer. And, you know, he's like, I wanted to get everything back so badly. And then I find out I'm a bad guy. And Cecile, she's like, I can feel the remorse coming off of you. So maybe the future isn't set in stone. You know, because what he realizes, you know, he doesn't want to be this bad guy. So maybe... He can change things. Chester then talks to Allegra. where she's at the citizen at, at Iris's paper thing, whatever. And, and she's still being like snappy at him, whatever, which is just kind of annoying. It's like, okay, I get it, you're upset, but come on. She says that, you know, she can't charge. She, she, he just comes in and she's like, I can't charge your dad's gizmo, not now or not ever. And he's like, I don't give a crap about the SEE. I forget what the, that stands for, but that thing right now. He's like, right now, all I care about is my friend. And he's like, Esperanza chose to go on that mission. Um, that's not on you. He's like, what I know is that Flash is still alive because you didn't go. And she's like, that doesn't make sense. And Chester's like, well, the, the Godspeeds, you know, that had that they captured, you know, he was gonna so they, the one that they had in the containment room that zipped out, he was gonna kill Barry, and then she came and, and stopped him. So she helped Barry get back to trying to stop a war. Us, Esperanza left to to start one. And she let the city down. Allegra didn't. So I have to admit, you know, I, I kind of liked how he said what Chester had to say that, you know, Barry's trying to stop a war and Esperanza went to start one. I, I think that was kind of words of wisdom or whatever the way or eloquent or whatever. So she's happy, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she gives him a hug, whatever. So they go to leave. <laughs> and he's like, don't forget your job at this time. <laughs> Is it why? So he's not tempted to stick his finger in there to see if it's hot or cold or whatever, like he did last week. Maybe he's got this this fetish of sticking fingers in people's coffee. I don't know. Barry's talking to Nora, Jay, and Iris, and he says that you know, ever since the war started they've been outfought and outnumbered. That ends now. You know, for all their opponent speed, they can't outrun a force of nature. Then speed force Nora zips in and Barry's Nora calls her Big Nora and she rambles on she's like oh you know the first time we met and I just ramble, and she's rambling again you know because she's like excited to see her and everything like that so uh, someone asked I was like are the other forces coming she's like no because they're you know busy doing whatever she says that you know she knows what they've been dealing with and because you know she's been fighting it in the speed force as well so they're going to need to be at full force so whether they're already a full-fledged speedster or they have a tiny spark inside and and she looks at Iris, <laughs> she's gonna give them all a boost. So that means Iris is getting speed powers. Which she did at one point, right? Wasn't there an episode where she got it and she basically wore Norris's costume? And those there was like the purple, you know, streaks and everything. I think I don't even remember what season that was. I maybe I'm trying to block it, but I'm pretty sure that that, that happened before. So uh big nora she's like if everyone is okay with that whatever and they're like okay yeah and snaps her fingers they all sparkle and iris mentioned you know she's like bart still and big nora's like i know my impulsive little boy and then she she concentrates and then it cuts to the med lab you see uh bart's vitals whatever just just like cranking up whatever caitlin's like what what the heck or you know whatever bart wakes wakes up zips in woo, i'm back it's like, oh, my God. He thanks SFN for the boost. And Barry's like, SFN. And he's like, Speed Force Nana. He's like, it's a thing, Nana. Whatever, Speed Force Nana. So then, then he, he's like, oh, someone did my nails. It must have been Caitlin, <laughs> But I don't know. Would Caitlin really do his nails when he's lying there? <laughs> Maybe she's bored because she they can't do anything. I don't know. Then he sees uh, Jay. He's like, Uncle Jay. And Jay's a little caught off guard by the title. He's like, that's new. He's like, I like it. And he's like, good to finally meet you, Bart. <laughs> so uh yeah it's a little weird because he doesn't know you know how close they were and all that stuff so then we see the godspeed's fighting in the street joe and kristen are trying to help people like get out of here like get out come on you got to get out of here because you know the, the cars there's like a traffic jam and everything like that then one god godspeed grabs joe and then he's like about to vibrate his hand. i don't know why i have to make that noise every time because I'm, I'm moving my hand but you can't can't see that and I'm not sure why he grabbed Joe, if he just randomly grabbed Joe or if he knew or anything like that. But he grabs Joe and Kramer looks at him. She calls him out. She's like, West! And then uh, she sparkles up and she runs to him. She grabs him and then Phew! they're like in a town and they kind of like, you know, fall to the, to the ground. And she's like, shot. She's like, what just happened? And Joe's like, you ran just as fast as a flash. And then she starts like convulsing and sparkling and it passes out. So it's like, uh What was that about? Kristen Kramer's a sir That makes no sense, right? We'll find out more later. So there's more fighting. Wally zips up to get their attention, and they're like, "Kill the adversary! Kill the adversary!" like over and over again. Then more um godspeeds zip up. Oh no! Then uh, the others zip up. The, the the everyone and Iris is in that outfit like Nora's or whatever like that. And then Barry tells him, he's like, hit them hard and wear down their energy. Because, you know, since it's artificial energy, get them tired. They need to exit, you know, take off to, to recharge or, or whatever like that. So, uh, Bart runs. He, he this, is, this was kind of cool. So, he does this, like, kind of twirly thing. And he, like, throws some, like, speed force throwing stars at them. And he knocks down five of them. Uh, I'm not really sure how this energy hurts them. Because if it's speed force energy... Wouldn't that give them more power? Couldn't they absorb it? or is it just like a concussive? Block? I don't know because I'm not I'm not Chester or Iris, so I can't just like you know immediately come up with 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 all the answers to things like that. So it was it was kind of cool that this movie does. Nora um, uses like a speed force whip to to knock some down. Um, big Nora <laughs> snaps her fingers and then a bunch of them get zapped and then, and then uh, they, they go down. Jay takes off his hat, charges it, I don't know, he, I don't, did he do this before? Maybe he did, but he like charges it, throws it, and like Captain America or whatever, ting, 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 it bounces off and takes like five of them down and then comes back to him and then he puts his hat back on. And then Barry just but now Barry's move is kind of not as a like spectacular compared to the others whatever but he just does his like his swing blast uh, zap at at them whatever Iris is doing like smoky like arm twirls or something like that so Barry's is more impressive than that I mean whatever I don't know I don't even know what you what what it is it's just wind or I, I don't know uh um, so it's just funny like we see everyone but I mean it is kind of cool that everyone has like a different move so it's like okay I'll, I'll 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 buy it i'll i'll, I'll take it <laughs> then norris says she's like something's wrong and then the others start to feel weak and then the, the god speeds get up so they're being recharged somehow big Nora's is like they're feeding off me she's like it happened in the speed force and bear's like you have to go but she doesn't want to leave them so this seems like wouldn't she have thought about this or realized known that this would happen or whatever so like all that work for nothing and because you know, do they can they hit him again? Do they, do they have the energy or whatever? So Barry says that, you know, they're they're going down, they're not going down without a fight. So then a, a puff of smoke appears and Allegra's there with the SCE device. So she teleported in with that. And again, I totally forgot or didn't realize that she has teleporting powers or I don't know, whatever. So um, it sends a wave that just it knocks down, only knocks down the, the god speeds. But unfortunately. It majorly fried the device too. There's like a like the panel thing where, you know, she puts her hand on it, it's just like it's just it's it's um, totally fried. Oh, because uh she charged uh, I, I, I kinda skipped a bit. So she um <laughs> when she lands there, she's like, Hold on to your buns. <laughs> and then she charges it right there, puts her hand on a thing, and at back at Star Labs, uh Chester and Caitlin are looking at it, and it goes up to five hundred percent. And And Chester's like, "You know, he's impressed, or whatever. But it seems like that doesn't it there should be some sort of failsafe because she obviously fried it by charging it too much. There's too much energy. And it's the same thing Barry did. So shouldn't you put some sort of failsafe in that prevents it from charging? Just like supposedly our Apple devices, you know if, once it's it's fully charged, it stops charging. Uh, come on, Chester, uh whatever. So uh it knocks down the Godspeeds. It's fried. And then, uh, you know, Caitlin calls that more Godspeeds have arrived and are headed their way. So they figure out that wherever they run, the Godspeeds are going to follow and put people in danger. So they go back to Star Labs. Round two is about to begin. Nora's like, we threw everything we had at them. And Bart asks Dad. He's like, Dad, what are we going to do? And Bart's like, oh, crap. He's like, I don't know. Uh, so then uh Frost and Mecha... Vi- when did they start calling him Mecha Vibe? How am I missing all this stuff? I thought he was just Vibe. Because they're like Frost and MechaVibe are are still out there, and I'm like, who the heck is MechaVibe? Is that Cisco? But it, it is Cisco. So they're still out there, and you know you can see like on a map of the city, you know, a computer map that you know there's just like I don't know if it has their names or it was something was was up there. So they're all watching, and then uh then the Godspeeds all disappear, and they're like like oh uh you know Frost and Mecha Vibe have some moves or something like that. So Barry asks Chester, how long is it going to take to rebuild a device? And he's like four or five weeks. And Bart's, then he's like, he's like, how come uh, the wave affected the God Speeds and not us? And, and Chester's like, because you're all organic speedsters, I tweaked my pop's designs to only target artificial cell membranes. And then Jay says, making it ineffective against us. And Chester snaps and points at him. It's like, no freaking duh. So, But at least it wasn't Iris who made the logical statement. It's like... Okay, that's it's. There's no point in saying this if it only you know we know that the Godspeeds have artificial speed force. That's why God's that's why August Godspeed whatever it wants organic speed force. And it just says it's only tar- targeting artificial cell membranes. Done. You don't have to say anything else. <laughs> Making it ineffective against us. It's like thanks for that. <laughs> it's like I don't know. So then uh, Nora says that, you know, she knows that they want to keep the future safe, but if they don't stop this now, there won't be a future to save. So she's like, you know, maybe just consider giving Hart, you know, organic speed. But Barry see- says that, you know, he knows that seems like the answer, but they're their parents and they need to protect them. And Bart says, yeah, but Central City doesn't need parents, it needs heroes, which I'm surprised, you know, not that this would ever be a, a, a possibility, but it's also like, what if you killed Ironheart or Ironheart? What if you killed August Hart right now or did something locked him up or did something, you know, because when did he first appear? And if they well, I guess it was in the future and that'd be a long time. I don't know. But and not that they would ever kill him. But if it's a save, it's a city. You know, if they kill him in the past, is is that going to make all of them, all the clones disappear, or does their time travel not work that way here? I don't know. Anyways, it's not an option because they're they're heroes. They're not going to do that. Anyways, Frost and Mechavibe, we see them getting surrounded. They're tired. They're out of options. And Cisco's like, How long? He tells, Ask Frosty, he's like, how, come, how long can you hold your, your breath? And she's like, What? So then he puts a like a force field thing around them, whatever, and the, the Godspeeds can't get through, so then they leave. So I don't know if that's what they saw back at Star Labs when they all disappeared or something like that. And she's like, Never do that again. Or, you know, she was mad, but uh, whatever, it worked. At Star Labs, Nora, Jay, and Bart, they're assembling a new SEE device, which like really fast. And Chester's like, Oh, you guys are stellar. So he's like, Now we can get it up and running in a day or two and jay's like isn't there a way to speed it up a little and Nora says that there is but mom and dad won't change your mind then barry walks in he's like we did we're gonna give august organic speed and jay's like what changed your mind and barry's like our kids (laughs) he realized that your future starts right now so august has a device thing on his chest and he asks he's like how's this going to give him his memories back and jay says that his artificial speed cells have gone dormant and they believe a speed boost from Barry can jumpstart them again and give him organic speed, which I don't understand how it would work that way or whatever, but whatever. They're constantly making up science in the show. So the harness should trigger to rest somehow. So he's nervous. Cecile's there. She's like, you'll be okay. August like, you know, he's like, if it, if it does work, I'll try to come back differently. And Bart says to Nora, he's like, if dad is right, you know, they're, we're creating the future right now and everything will be different. Zap. August starts screaming, then he starts smiling. And Cecile's like, August, no. And he's like, sorry. Turns out I like being a bad guy. And he zips through the ceiling. So Barry goes to the kids. He's like, no matter what, stay here. And they're like, what? No. And he's like, he's like, uh, you know, me and your mother have a plan, but we're not going to tell you. So, August, uh, he's up on a rooftop now, I I guess, in uh, Star Labs. So, he yells in Punjab, according to closed caption. He's like, come to daddy, my children. And he puts up his hands. And I guess he's, like, sucking them back in. There's, like, this energy, whatever. And then he's like, at last, true speed for a true God. Uh, Flash appears behind him. He's like, you got what you want. He's like, now what? Now you die, Flash. So, Barry says, no one is dying tonight. He's like, but you are going to Iron Heights so iris and big nora are in a speed force safe house she wants iris to be her anchor while she concentrates on something or whatever jay mentions that Hart has absorbed all clones plus organic speed means that he might be faster than the flash chester says that until artificial speed wears off be careful a uh, godspeed causes flash to fall He's like there can only be one god of speed flash and then he starts uh, like zapping him or whatever. So he's going to kill Flash now. Bart's ready to go after him, but Jay calls him. And Bart says, he's like, he's like, I know what I said, but this is different. He's like, I'm not going to let Hart kill anyone, n- now or not ever. And Jay's like, I know we just met, and you have no reason to listen to me, but we both know Barry, right? If he says stand down, he has a reason. It, you know, It's time to take our hats off, which is the thing he says or whatever. So Godspeed's ready to feast on Barry, whatever, since he's powered up. Then a red blast knocks him aside, and it is reverse flash. Thon is there, and he's like, miss me? To Barry. Um, Barry's like, save it, whatever. He's like, you're back because of us. And Thon says, and in exchange, I agreed to help you take down a psychopath. So Godspeed's like, oh, teaming up with your worst enemy to take me down is very flattering, but don't you get it? You can't kill a god. He summons some lightning, whatever. And then he has, like, this lightning staff now. So, Barry and Thon, they make, like, speed force lightsabers. Like, what is going on? It turns into Star Wars. It's like Duel of the Fates. It's like Qui-Gon and and Obi-Wan fighting Darth Maul. And, uh, I, I guess, I so I mentioned this on Twitter, and I, for, I forgot who, I'm sorry. But someone's like, this happened in, in Joshua Williamson's run. I totally forgot about that. Um, <laughs> it's, so the the CG, it did look good, I guess. kind of, You know, way better than when they were fighting uh so whoever they were I remember that one time. It was like a video game fight. But it just... <laughs> It's like they're just fighting now. Instead of like normally punching each other and, and doing stuff like that, they're just like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. it's like, <laughs> I don't know. So uh, it looks like Barry's starting to get the upper hand, but then Godspeed knocks him down. Godspeed's, uh, you know, th- this fight goes on for a little bit. So, th- but then he like turns around, whoosh, gets gets stabbed by Thon. And Barry rushes to him and um, he says to Thon, he's like, you could have killed him. And he's like, wasn't that the plan? Didn't you say you needed help dealing with a threat? He's like, now it's just you and me i've been waiting for this moment for a long long time barry's like he's like i'm only going to say this once walk away right now thon tells barry he's like you're too weak to stop me and and then he, he's like i'm just getting started he throws a like a speed force like bl- like streaking punch at barry but barry somehow is moving like way faster and you know, it's all in slow motion but you know he He's just like moves where grabs his fist and like kind of flips him, throws him. And then uh his his eyes are like crackling. And Thon's like, What did you do? He's like, I created you. I taught you everything, you know, that you know and everything that you are. What did you do? And Barry's like, I got faster, didn't you? And then Thon's like, No. He's like, But I will, Flash. Mark my words. I will. And he zips away. So then back at Star Labs where they ask um, how did they bring Thon back and Iris says that the speed force did it by connecting with the negative side which is pretty dangerous. So that's why I guess they needed she needed Iris to be her anchor whatever. Um, so that that made Iris a perfect anchor or something like that while Barry was busy and it's just like she's like bragging about it. It's like you're the perfect anchor. Okay. Um, Bart asks, he's like, why didn't you just let us help? And Barry says that, you know, sometimes you need something with no limits or whatever because Godspeed had none. So, you know, they wanted someone that could go t- on the same level as him. Um, and Thon's limit is that he can't let anyone else kill Barry. So sort they're of like, you know, he'll be back someday, but that's future us's problem. Jay asks, uh, he's like, well, what about our August Hart? Barry says that he's in Iron Heights, heights now. And Jay's like, but he knows your real identity. What if he talks? And this is just like, like that was easy moment. Barry's like, well, luckily he's a speedster, so Speed Force Nora remove that from his memory. Oh, I guess that's an option that she can just tinker with his mind to do that. So it's finally over. Then Bart likes, he's like, can we eat now? And Bart Barry's like, okay, family dinner on me. But then he, you know, he's he's gonna make reservations. But he wants to talk to the Iris alone. Ever since you came into my life, you're I'm not just the fastest man alive, but I'm the luckiest. Marrying you was the best decision I ever made. He's like you never got the wedding you deserved, and I swore that if we made it through all this, I'd make it up to you. And he like asked her basically to renew their vows and marry him and she says yes and they hug. <clears throat> so then the following Tuesday, um they're at Joe's and Cecile's. Kramer comes to Joe's and she's like, "Oh, you know, I didn't mean to interrupt." And he's like, "No, no, no, whatever." She's like, cuz they haven't talked in a week. She's like, or So her, her meta test came back positive, and you know she's like, I should have died like uh, Crikey or whatever his name is, but he has the mortal healing power. So basically, she had speed for a little bit when she needed to save Joe. So it turns out she can mimic any meta in close proximity. And it's given her a new perspective on the path she took in law enforcement. So she apologized for everything. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I always knew your heart was in the right place or something like that. She's like, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm taking an indefinite leave of absence from the CCPD. She's like, Captain West or whatever. And said, is he a captain? And he's like, you can call me, you know, call me Joe or something like that. The thing is, she's a Meta. And the, the reason she didn't die is because the other dude didn't die because of his powers. She was in close proximity, so she mimicked his powers unknowingly. So it was just kind of like it just happened. So she uh, probably need, just needs to be trained on it or somehow, but she didn't realize it can happen. So when Joe was in danger, it just suddenly triggered because there was god speeds around, even though they had artificial speed. I guess she was still able to mimic that, which kind of doesn't make sense, but it did. So it just happened. So, the funny, so here, little Missy who uh, wants to get rid of Outlaw, you know, all metas. They're so dangerous. You're a meta now, lady. So, what does that mean? So, that's her new perspective. So, haha. <laughs> but, it, whatever. I guess it's a cool power. Caitlyn and Frost arrive, and, you know, they're kind of arguing, you know, because... Caitlin's like are you sure you want me to be your plus one you know basically does she not want that bartender dude wasn't he mark and she's like no he you know i tried to give him a chance he betrayed me but it's like why would Caitlin be frost's plus one i mean i would think Caitlin would have an invitation as well or would have an invitation before frost would but whatever so reno- the renewal ceremony the real wedding that she didn't get is going to be at the house it's like okay, it's close, it's intimate, and everything. That's the wedding that she deserved, and maybe that's what she wanted or whatever. So Cisco is officiating, and he gets makes a bunch of like snarky, you know, whatever Cisco remarks, which some of our are, are funny, but some of them are. It's just like it's it's too much. It's like too forced or whatever. Iris is wearing a red dress, and I guess you know instead of a white dress, I guess it's red for the flash or whatever part. He's like before he gets there, he's like he wants to sing to him. Oh my God! So I I don't know much about this actor. I think I I think when it was a sorry about that. I think it was announced that he was like he's some singer dude. I don't know who he is. He could be famous. He maybe he's a professional singer. Maybe he's just a drama singers Broadway. I don't know who he is or what he is. I'm not gonna look him up. It Doesn't matter. He sings. He's he's got a good voice. I guess the song not my cup of tea, and it's just like. <laughs> oh my god it's like we don't need singing in the flash unless it's that musical episode i mean that was fine um but when he finishes barry whispers bart that was crash and bart's like he cringes he's like no 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 dad he's like what didn't i use it right or something like that so Iris and Barry wrote some bar- <laughs> some barfs. They wrote some vowels, and it's just like I love you, love you so, blah, blah, all this stuff like that, whatever. Um, and then when they kiss, they're surrounded by lightning, and Iris is like, "Whoa, flash time!" He's like, "Yeah, I want this moment to last forever." Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, oh. But yeah, so that that was a that it took me a while to talk about that. That was a the Flash. That's the season finale. Uh, so not a real cliffhanger or anything, which which is fine, which is good because uh, I I think last season, you know, the season didn't end properly because it got cut short because of COVID. So we have all this, and I didn't like that mirror, whatever stuff. But that was a the season finale of the Flash. So um, what that means. Is that you know? Next week, that's one less show to talk about. Uh, and I, again, I know I I, I make fun of, of the show a lot, but I mean, it's like it's like asking for it. Come on, you know. I I'm watching the CW shows, and I have my expectations as a comic book fan, and especially they're setting, they've set the, they've moved the bar up with Superman and Lois. So if if I'm watching Superman and Lois, and and I'm watching the Flash and what are these other shows? It's like, come on. You know, you need to, some consistency and, but whatever, we got into that. So there you go. That, that is over. <laughs> but with uh, Superman and Lois, so with, you know, capturing Morgan Edge last week, uh, you know, one of the things I was like, well, what are they going to do from here? What are you, know, it, the season's not over yet, whatever. Oh, one of the what I realized, I think it was, I don't know if it was in the flashback or at some point, but. The device thing that Morgan Edge had, maybe, I I just totally missed it. I think I did. It was Eradicator, what he was trying to blast when he was out in space before uh, Irons hit him with the rocket or whatever. So the episode starts off where he's in his kryptonite prison cube. He thinks back to going through the pain thing with his father, his hologram father, or whatever. And then at, you know, at one point, he needs rest when he was a kid, and his dad's disappointed, and he's like, you know, prove you will never shame the House of Roe again, or whatever. Blah blah blah. So then, in present, uh, Superman's outside the cube. He's like, "What happened to the Eradicator?" And he's like, "Where is it? Where's Leslie Lar?" And, you know, he's not saying anything. And he's like, how should I know? He's like, the, the walls are lined with lead or whatever. And uh, they're talking about like the people, you know, and Edge isn't concerned with the people replaced with their souls or whatever. He's only concerned for the souls that are resurrected of the Kryptonians, whatever. And then uh, Superman has his dad's crystal. And he's, he's, he's kind of not without, you know, he doesn't straight out say it, but he's kind of threatening to destroy it and uh you know edge is like go ahead he's like you know i I can be rid of my dad he's he's like he doesn't need him anymore or whatever Ed superman's like you'll never use it again but i'm not gonna break it because i'm i'm too too nice so uh he's gonna go and and help them find uh lazular or whatever he's like and then you know we'll never talk again so back at the farm clark says that sam and uh, dod uh, are going to stick around town a little longer than planned. They're also going to shut down the mine to make sure no one else gets hurt from the ex-Kryptonite or gets powers. Um, the plan is uh, the, the what they're going to say is that Edge was experimenting on people. Lois found out and stopped him, and then uh, they or they basically Superman and Sam, you know, the DOD stopped them or whatever. Chrissy uh, th- that the newspaper keeps texting Lois, wondering when she's coming in because you know they got to write the story, or whatever. At Lana's, uh, she's they're they're talking to the mayor, and he's recommending that uh, Kyle take a leave um, from the station just until the edge stuff blows over. He's like, you know, a couple weeks tops, and you know, he's he says he's not sure why people are singling him out, whatever, and you know, so he wants to try to change the narrative, whatever. So, you know, that's good; he's on their side. At school, they're going to have an assembly to talk about edge and you know stuff that happened in the town. And Sarah's like, I can't do this today, and then so Jordan goes off with her. You know, they're going to basically skip school some football kids come up to jonathan and they're like oh you, your grandfather's running the dod and he's like yeah, yeah whatever and then that one girl uh warning them that lana keeps warning him away from her, tegan she's like you know why, why don't we go someplace else he's like what yeah so he he goes off with her so chrissy at, at the papers tells lois that they need a story they need a huge flashy front state front page story And Lois, she's like, you know, why don't we, you know, talk to more edge employees, get, you know, do more interviews, you know, get the backstory whatever. And Chrissy asks, she's like, is your dad going to talk? And she's like, he doesn't do interviews, but, you know, and Chrissy's a little, little bummed by this. She's like, but I'll, you know, reach out to him. Clark uh, brings Iron some food because his RV is parked in the barn. And uh, he's like, like, oh, you know, f- f- free meal or something, whatever. And Clark's like, you know, you saved the world. You saved my life. So s- as far as I'm concerned, you eat here free for the rest of your life. So Irons is looking at like a radar map on his laptop. So it's his Kryptonian tracking system to- trying to look for LAR. That's kind of how he found Superman and everything. Clark suggests that, you know, with his skills, he could be of use at the DOD. But Irons isn't interested. He says that, you know, once they, they find... Um, Leslie, he thinks he's just going to move on. You know, he needs to figure out how to make this planet his home now, or whatever, like that. And then Clark hears something and the tracking alert goes off, too. So Clark's like, Lars, headed to, her, to the DOD. So he takes off, Irons gets in his suit. Superman, he, he flies there. She's flying there as well. Um, she's about to impact with the building you know they're you know trying to uh evacuate some of it but i think they're like 60% evacuate or whatever so she's impact you know six five four or five six five four what, yeah that makes sense they're like counting down but then she's intercepted by by superman um she like starts punching him or trying to but then he you know he he stops her uh iron shows up and she's like you haven't won cal and then iron shoots her with a red red sun um rocket whatever so then Sam tells him, he's like, well, it's not over yet. You know, he's like, we, you know, we still have a lot of loose ends to tie up. And, uh, he kind of tosses the, the Superman tag thing with the seven, seven, three, four, which if he turned upside down, it says hell on the back, whatever. So, you know, he says that he's had the weapon built for the wrong reasons. He was wrong to think that Superman, uh, he's talking to Superman and, and irons. Um, I think John was there. He says that you know he so he built the weapons for the wrong reasons. He was wrong to think Superman would be a threat to the world. So he wants to bury the weapons in concrete and sink them to the bottom of the ocean. And Superman's like, well, what about Edge and Lar? And Sam's like, well, we'll keep enough to guard them appropriately. He's like, but there will no longer be uh, enough to supply an army. He's like, you Lois and the boys won't have to worry anymore. So then we see Jonathan and Tegan are driving in her car. Um, and then she's like, don't you live around here? And he's like, yeah. You know, he's like, how'd you know? And she's like, oh, someone may have told me. And then she's like, "Like, oh, and you're know, talking. She's like, don't you have a girlfriend in Metropolis? He's like, nah. He's like, we broke up. He's like, uh, what about you? He's like, are you hanging with anyone? And she's like, nope. He's like, oh, cool. And then she's like, oh, I think I know where we can go. And we see Sarah and Jordan are walking like some like nature path or something like that. And they talk about how you know, she's you know going on about how people are treating her parents. She's more worried about her dad because, you know, th- things like this usually send him, you know, over the cliff or whatever, over the edge. And um, then so they're walking and he's like, well, where, where are we going or whatever like that? And then she took him to like this lake, you know, it's like with a bridge and her stuff like that. Kyle asked Lana, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do. And he's like, you know, can't you get your old job at the bank? And she's like, it's, I, you know, you know, I've already been replaced. You know, someone else took that position. So they're like at the diner or whatever. Three of Kyle's coworkers come in and, uh, you know, one guy brings up the mayor talking to him about his leave of absence. And Kyle, he's like, well, are you the one pushing for it? And he's like, well, you know, I think it's best for everyone. And Kyle's like, oh, yeah, you know, or maybe, you know, says a guy gunning for my job. And, you know, they were like, well, you know, you must have known something about what Edge was up to and everything. It's, like, so stupid. It's, like, the whole... I mean, if you look at that whole argument, he's like, Edge is going to bring us jobs. He's going to... And, and he did. You know, he's going to open the mind. He's going to do all this stuff and, you know, all this executive program, stuff like that. So, just because he's championing for the town, trying to help the town out, whatever, that means he was in on Edge's secret plans experiment on people. Even though they've known him his whole life. I mean... It just seems a bit extreme that they're they're putting all the blame on on him. I mean, whatever. So Lois talks to her dad about making a comment or release a statement, and he's like, "Okay, you want a comment? No comment." And but she's like, "You know, people are concerned." And Sam's like, I, "You know, I can't tell people that Edge is Superman's brother and that he was trying to build an army." So he says, "You know, the story needs to stay in Smallville. He needs to keep small. And if he gives a quote, it'll give it more attention and go wide and you know the world to know whatever." So Edge is sitting in his cell. He's thinking back to his trials again. And then his dad stops it. He's like, finally, you're ready. And he's like, "Uh, you're to leave here because they're in in the, the desert fortress. He's like, leave here to find the eradicator. And he's like, if it hasn't arrived, stay there until it does. And he's like, if it takes time, study the people, get to know them and their weaknesses and blah, blah, blah. And Edge is like, he asks if he can talk to his mother. And his dad's like, no, he's like, that he he, then he's like well why'd you put her crystal on my ship or whatever and he's like i just wanted to show her you know my plans when they come to fruition or whatever or something like that he's like then the crystal will be destroyed so it's like you're such an idiot um so then superman is there talking to him again where's the eradicator and edge says that it's of no use to him then superman he's like well leslie's locked up he's like so whatever her plan was it didn't work and Edge says, he's like, well, that's loyalty, and Superman's talking about, like, loyalty to people of Earth and stuff like that, and Edge laughs. He's like, they're not loyal to you or whatever. He's like, they fear you. He's like, you should be ruling them as a god, and he's like, but you're, like, a slave to them, and he says, he's like, you'd be different if you weren't raised by a simple family. He's like, you're fighting your true nature, and he's like, doesn't it feel good to lose it just once, and then Superman's like, He just like turns around. He's like, goodbye. He walks away. He's, and Edge continues behind his back. He's like, I could see in your eyes, brother. You felt it. You are just like me. So Lois talks to Chrissy and she's like, no comment. And she's like, they always give a comment. And Lois says that she's like, we don't need my dad or a quote. She's like, we can write whatever we want. And Chrissy, she's like, is this different? why or why is this different now? You know, they always give a quote. And she's like, what do you know? Is he, is, are you lying? And then Lois is like, I'm not. And she's like Lois. She's like I can tell. She's like if you can't tell me the truth, then maybe you should leave. So Lois walks out. And it's like Chrissy. Okay, you are in charge of this little rinky-dink newspaper, and this is Lois freaking Lane, and you're getting all high and mighty over her. It's like you need her. Lois can. can she could go online and write a blog, and people are going to read it. It'll get picked up by everyone. You know, she could easily sell it to any other other paper, and this. Chrissy Beppo, whatever she's on her high horse, and so Tegan and Jonathan, they're they're parked like by some water tower, and are just sitting at like on a on the hood of her car, and and she's like, you know, your mom is a legit role model. She's like, one time I even dressed up as her for career day, and he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, full confession, you know, I did too one time. You know, he's joking, whatever, and she's like, yeah, you know, your family's pretty cool. He's like, nah, and she's like, yeah, but between your mom and your grandpa. And then Jonathan's like, so you've heard about uh, my grandpa too? And she's like, you know, your family's in the middle of the biggest thing that happened to Smallville, whatever. And then he asks, or she asks if if he knows that, you know, people were really brainwashed and, you know, they're saying that edge was experimenting on his employees. And then, you know, she says, you know, a a friend of whatever said that they saw so-and-so's mom fly. And Jonathan's like, yeah, I I heard that. That's crazy. And she's like, she asks if he knows how Edge did that. And he pauses and he's like, why'd you bring me here? And she's like, you know, just to get to know you. And, you know, he's like, but, you know, you weren't even interested in me last week. And she's like, well, I don't know, whatever. And he's like, did you just want information? And he's like, I'm, I'm going to we'll just walk home. And she tries stopping him. She's like, everyone wants to know what happens. And he's like, and you want to be the one to tell them? So basically she's just looking to be like, she's got all the answers, Gives her more popularity or whatever, so he he just leaves. So Kyle and Lana are home. He's ranting about the way they're looking at him. They, they don't even trust him. And she's like, you know, you can't take it personally. And he's like, he's like, you risked your life to save the town. He's like, if they knew that, whatever. And she's like, you know, we just have to be patient. He's like, you know, then he's like, well, I don't even know what to do now. She's like, well, you can help me look for a job. And he's like, yeah, good luck finding one around here. And she's like, well, I was thinking, you know, maybe we could look in the surrounding areas. And he's like. Kyle says that, you know, yeah, you know, maybe we could look for a place to move in the surrounding areas too. And she's like, Are you serious? And you know, he's mad that, you know, they've lived there their whole lives and you know everyone's just like so easily turned on them. So Jordan and Sarah are talk about how, you know, he, he asks, like, how'd you find this place or whatever? And, and she said she used to come there with her abuelita because originally from Mexico but had lived in Smallville for generations, whatever, and you know, she used to always tell them stories and or tell her stories and stuff like that. And then, you know, he says some stuff about how he never felt like he belonged anywhere until he met her, blah blah blah, and, and you know, just saying how one person can make a difference, whatever, and you know, stuff like that. And she's like, "I think you should kiss me now," or something like that. Then a couple rangers. I, I thought they were rangers, maybe they're police, and they're like, "That's enough." They're getting in trouble, like maybe for trespassing, which I don't know. It's like, how would you even know they're there? They're like deep in the woods, and you know, I don't know. Sam goes um over about uh, he's he, you know he, Superman's talking to him like looking at stuff and he's you know asking about like how much weapons they have and you know like they have a blah 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 this much he's like and Superman's like well, what about the R&D you know the biochemical stuff and, he, and he's like yeah we have some in various stages whatever and he's like what about uh like raw kryptonite he's like a couple warehouses he's like w- why so many questions and then Superman's like he's like it's a, it's a mistake he's like we need 7734 you know it's it's why you authorize it in the first place and Sam's like uh, he, you know, he saw what it would do. He's like, "You're not the enemy." And Superman's like, "But I could have been. If something like this happens again without a failsafe," the name of the episode, you know, it'd be the end. So Iron's uh, back at the the barn. You know, he he paints. He's painting the armor. He puts like this. I forgot what it was. It was like a hornet or some you know bug or something like that. Uh, the AI's AI like, "Oh, that would make Natalie proud" or something like that. So I I totally I don't remember what it was. And then the AI asks like what their new parameters will be. He says he's still trying to figure that out. AI asks um, if he's going to uh, try to, you know, continue trying to connect with his sister whatever. And then Jonathan comes in and he's like, Oh, that suit is pretty amazing. You know, he's, he apologized for just barging in, whatever. And iron's like, are you a gearhead? And John's like, I don't know what I am. He's like, I've always been an athlete. And iron's like, well, you know, you can always be more than one thing. He's like, you know, I was a, some, a bit of an athlete too, whatever. Then Clark walks in. He's like, Jonathan, why aren't you in school? So Sam calls Lois. He says that he's worried about Clark, about You know, wanting all these weapons and everything like that. Lana checks on Kyle, you know, he's sitting outside, like, you know, throwing a ball, you know, bouncing it off the wall or whatever like that. And you can see, like, a table inside, you know, there's want ads are open with a bunch of them crossed off or whatever. Uh, Sophie, their little daughter, which we hardly ever see, she asks if everything's okay, and Lana's like, yeah, uh, because, you know, dad asked if she wanted to try a different school or something like that, and she's like, oh, whatever, you know, it's nothing. And then the phone rings, um, Kia, someone calls Lana, so she's like arrested, so I guess Sarah and Jordan got arrested, so they, again, they must have been trespassing or something. Clark talks to Jonathan, he's like, it's not like you to break the rules, and Jonathan mentions a girl he wanted to impress, because she's a junior, Uh, you know, she suggested going, whatever, And but she just you know, wanted to talk and get information whatever. Then Lois walks in saying they need to talk, and and Clark's like, yeah, Jonathan skips school. And she's like, go to your room. (laughs) She's like, I'll talk to you later. It's so funny, she just like snaps or whatever. And then uh she talks to clark about her dad you know uh about clark wanting her, her dad to keep the weapons she's like after everything we went through and he's like i almost killed iron she's like yeah but you didn't he, and he's like but i almost did he's you know like who, who would have been next he's like what if i get tricked or corrupted again he's like the people deserve to be protected from the one thing that i can't protect them from you know himself then the phone rings. It's about Jordan getting arrested. So she asks Clark, she's like, do you know what it was like when my dad gave John Henry Irons the, the go-ahead to fire the missile? And she's like, and I had to lie to Christy today to protect the family. She's like, I broke my sacred role as a journalist. And she's like, I'm angry at you and I'm sorry. You know, she or she's she's sorry that she's angry. You know, she doesn't want to be angry. But she's like, I, and I need to be angry to scare the hell out of Jordan when I go to bail him out of jail. And she's like, we'll talk about this later. So at the station, uh, Lois tells like Jordan when they walk out, uh, she's like, "Just because you were let off with a warning did, doesn't mean it didn't happen." And you know Lana's there too. And then uh, she overhears someone saying, "The the so I guess you know Kyle's last name is Cushing." I keep forgetting. He's like, "The Cushings are the ones responsible." I was suspicious of Morgan Edge from day one. He just you know pushed and pushed until he finally got his way. I mean, honestly, we're the real victims here. Who knows what kind of perks they got from you know Lana's little job or whatever. And it's uh, the mayor talking to, like, the sheriff or something like that. And then she, like, walks around, you know, corner. She's like, we didn't get any perks. And she's like, you said you'd clear things up for us, but you're just covering your butt. And, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, she's, she's mad. Lois tries like, you know, talking to Delana and everything like that. And, you know, she's like, he's not the only one. It's the whole town. Smallville's always been there for her, but now she wishes they had a backup plan. She's like, I don't have a nest egg, I don't have any connections. And, you know, while the mayor is controlling the narrative, it's not right. You know, it's not the same town that, you know, she used to love. And obviously she's saying this, so you know, because Lois is like, We could probably try to control a narrative by writing about what happened. But yeah so she's gonna have to tread carefully there at home she tells jordan go to your room we'll talk later (laughs) and then she tells clark that you know they were left left let off with a warning he's like well john's still up in his room and she tells him she's like you are wrong she's like but clark's like we have to have a plan or they have to have a plan and she's like they have proof that his heart is stronger than his mind you know she's all for backup plans but not one that's that's worth this risk and he says that you know his dad taught him control. He's been controlling his powers every second of the day for almost 40 years. When Zod took over for the first time, he felt what it was like to let go, to really let go. He felt it. He's like, even if it was, you know, if it was Zod in control, he's like, I, I, you know, I, I don't want it to be true, but it felt good. Really good. He's like, the feeling worries me. He's like, if I could be manipulated with that desire to let go, the world needs a way to stop me. And she's like, well, that's not going to happen. But if it makes you feel better, fine. But in no way am I comfortable with the DOD controlling this. So then we see Clark talking to Irons. And he's like, you want me and only me to have the capability to kill you? And, And Clark's like, if necessary, yes. He's like, you know, this is about situations we can't predict irons is like i'm trying to move on and clark says that you know he's like i think you can do that and be 7734's gatekeeper he's like you know you came here to protect the world and you know i i believe you can do it meanwhile lois shows up at the paper and you know chrissy's got her back to her and she's like i owe you an apology and she's like well i'm busy right now and lois is like you know there is more to the story it's like you know my dad is hiding something and i can't betray his trust and Chrissy's like, this is bigger than you, than you or your dad. He's like, we have a responsibility to the people. It's like, you know, that's a crock of whatever. She's just looking. She's like, we need a big. She said before, they need a big, flashy story for the front page. She is looking at selling papers, making the headlines. She could care less about telling people because Lois is like, we could interview employees to get their and you know their side of the story. She didn't want that. She says that you know, you know, whatever, what, what, happens. Like people are tearing each other, trying to find someone to blame. And, um, Lois is like, she's like, I can't write the story because, you know, I'm too close to be objective. So she gives Chrissy some information. And there's a statement from her dad. She's you know, she, he wouldn't go on record about everything, but it's enough to get out most of the story about Morgan edge. And Chrissy says, she's like that, you know, this was really messed up. And Lois is like, I know. And I hope I can earn back your trust. It's like, screw you, Chrissy Beppo. Edge is, uh, and he's thinking back some more. And, you know, he's like, all this time he's been alone for years. He's like, how could you not tell me? You know, he's talking to his dad. How can you not tell me about my brother? And his dad's like, oh, he's nothing. He's like, you know, when you find eradicator, he'll show, you know, the what what you can do or something like that. Or And then dad's like, my way is the only way. But then he turns off his dad's crystal so Edge just figured, you know, he can get the eradicator and and figure it, you know, do things or whatever, but then in his cell he's, he's like hearing voices or whatever he's like, you know, your way is the only way, and he's like goodbye father, and he closes his eyes, but then he opens them and they're glowing like kind of like whitish blue or whatever and then it cuts down, uh, Lois is laying down a hammer on the boys, she's like, do you know how much trouble you're in? She's like, you can't just skip school she's like, I don't care if you're mooning over Sarah Cushing or coming home to build robots <laughs> and, and and jordan's like mooning whatever and and uh i think jonathan's like it's a battle suit not a robot whatever and clark's like he's like i know you want to blow off steam but there are rules and stuff like that and he's like and you know you shouldn't disrespect the work that your teachers put into their classes and they're like sorry and they're like can you say it again like you mean it so sam um, comes into control room at the dod there's alarms going up he's like how long has this been going on they're like a couple of minutes send a team in to check it out so they're, they approach edge of Cell. his vitals are gone like he's did he die? Then his head goes, his head pops up, and his eyes are glowing. Maximize a kryptonite field. He stands up, raises his hands. They start glowing, and then Sam's like, "You know, get get them out of there." The cell explodes. The soldiers go flying. Ed starts uh, f- floating up out of his his cell. His eyes are still glowing, like really bright blue or whatever. Then he flies through the roof sam hits the superman alarm you know he's on the ground you know the shockwave. you know went through the whole building whatever so he hits a, the superman alarm superman shows up like a couple seconds later and he sam's just like edge and superman flies out goes to the atmosphere and he's like doing the thing like trying to listen to him he's like trying to block out everything else whatever so then back at the dod sam's like looking over the wreckage superman returns he's like he's gone and sam's like well then where the hell did he go so then we see the sun out in space, uh, like close up to the sun edges, like they're absorbing sun rays. And voices are saying, "Become the Eradicator, become the Eradicator, um, you know, or know that you are the sole reason Krypton was lost." So I don't know if the Eradicator went inside him, if he absorbed it somehow, and no one could detect it, and so now he's become the Eradicator, and you know now he's he's amping up with the solar power. And uh, the next episode is not until August 10th, so we have like three weeks. So what the heck am I going to talk about next week? There's uh, no Flash, no Superman, and Lois. So maybe we'll get back. Uh, give me a break to shorten. Uh, so that was a uh, that was Superman and Lois. So it was, it was good. This show uh, by by far, I'm pretty. I think a I company say it's like this is the best of the the Arrowverse show, the CW shows. Uh, it's this. It, I don't know how to do it. It's so, so good. And it's just like on a different level. And, you know, you always say how hard, you know, a lot of people are like Superman's hard to write for because it's so powerful. And, you know, coming up with, with enemies or, you know, obstacles and stuff like that. But this is uh, just top notch, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm digging the show so much with star Wars, uh, the bad batch season one, episode 13 infested this, um, this was okay. I yeah I, I always go back and forth where, with how I feel about some of these episodes, so it was interesting. And like I said, you know, it was a th- this wasn't a crosshair episode. Like I you know said last last episode, crosshair has been given the okay to target um, clone force ninety nine or whatever. But he, you know he's not here. So basically they land at, at Sids after a mission or something like that, and you know they're they're. They're kind of complaining that Sid didn't, you know, give them all the details and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, Sid's on Ord Mantell. There's like some other helmeted dudes that are watching. They're like, who are these other people? When they they get to Sid's place, there's a lot of people in there and they're like when this place becomes so popular whatever and they they had to sid's office in the back and like one helmeted dude like stops them and it's like where do you think you're going and then they just like knock him out whatever in the office there's like a, a this other dude a De- 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 Devor, devorian the i forget the alien i know i know people are like you don't know this the the, the, the alien horned race whatever but uh, he's he's there with some other guards, and he said Sid's out, so the, the parlor and territory are now his. And he's like, if they're looking for work, he might have use for them. So they decide they need to get off Ord Mantel, and Omega's like, well, what about Sid? And you're you know, Sid is standing in the ship's door as they walk by, and and she's like, oh, it's nice to see that one of you cares. And she's like, inside now. So the the other two aliens that are always hanging out at the at Sid's, the ithorian, the hammerhead, and I forget what kind of alien the other one is. Whatever, you know, um, they're they're there with her. Sid tells the, the clones that the guys, the his name is Roland. He's a former client and son of the crime boss Isa Durand. And Roland's trying to make a name for himself by joining up with the Pikes. So the Pikes, you might remember, what was it? Was it in Clone Wars? But the, with the spice runners, uh, the heavy duty. Um, yeah, it's just wonder with those. The, the two sisters with Ahsoka that they were involved with that. Anyways, so he's trying to join up with the Pikes. And the reason they care because Ord Mantel, you know, is a, the center of several hyperspace routes. And Roland saw value in Sid's place, so he just took it. And then she says, And we are taking it back. And they're like, We. Because she's like, Yeah, if I lose, you lose. She's like, Don't forget how good I am at keeping secrets. So she's basically. Kind of like threatening them that you know she knows about them and everything. So her plan is uh, you know, cause Roland's meeting some some buyers, some some pikes about uh, you know, supply of spice or something like that, and he's storing it in her office. So if they steal the supply before the pikes come, then the um he's not gonna be able to, to give them and then he'll become the pike's problem. So they're gonna get mad if he doesn't have the shipment there. And so she takes them through some old mining tunnels. And then they're gonna have to you know take the spice without anyone knowing that they're involved because you know they you don't want to mess with the pikes and you know they don't want to know that she's there and uh go and going through the the tunnels there it's it's infested by these i i forget what they were i don't know if they said that but you know they they sleep during the day they're nocturnal but noise wakes them up so you got to be careful and they also they don't like lights which is something that's gonna be helpful uh, so the the two aliens hang out at Sid's. The they lure Ruby, the lizard that um, I, th- I think Omega named the lizard. They lure it out of the tavern, whatever. So um, and and capture it so that Roland will send the guards looking for because he's he's gr- formed an attachment to this lizard thing. So they're out looking for her. When they sneak into the office, they find six crates of, of spice in the office. So they're gonna unload them through the tunnels and they're gonna. They, they're using like mining carts but they can't use the, the motors because it makes too much noise so they have to like kind of like hand pump pump the, the carts or whatever Ruby manages to get free of the cage or something like that and Roland and his guards hear her like from you know a couple blocks away or whatever so they they get her he heads back to Sids. he tells the guards like go get them or whatever because I don't know if he saw them running off And then Roland discovers that the spice has been taken from his office. He also realizes that there's like a hatch to the mining tunnels in there. So he sends guards after them. Um, The guards start shooting at them. And, you know, Sid keeps saying they need to be quiet because of infestation and stuff like that. Roland um, captures the two aliens. And, you know, he didn't think that Sid would be so bold or whatever. But then the Pikes arrive. And they don't want to hear any excuses why he doesn't have the spice. Because they're like, if he can't deliver, he's no longer of use to them. And, you know, they're like, you know he's out of his depth. You know, if he doesn't correct things, then he and his family will pay blah, 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 stuff like that. So they, uh, return to SIDS cause they're like, you know, cause she was told that the Pikes already came. She's like, see problem solved. But then the Pikes come out and Roland's like in, in handcuffs or whatever binds or whatever. And Roland's like, they're the ones that have your spice. And, and they demand that she turn it over and everything will be settled. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, whatever. But then uh, the Pike leader tells his men to kill them. But Hunter jumps in. He's like, we don't have it on us, but we know where it is. So the Pike leader says that his patience is wearing very thin. So he's like, until you bring it to me, the child will stay with them. And then Hunter and the others, they all like razor blasters. They're like, that's not happening. But the Pike leader's like, you misunderstand. This is not a negotiation. Sid's like, you know, you got to be careful. You got to do this, whatever. And, you know, she, so she and Wrecker are going to go into caverns and uh, get the spice because they had end up having to dump it or something like that when they were getting attacked and all that stuff like that. So they have to go down there and get it before nightfall because that's when the creatures wake up. So they they're, they manage to get them and they're, like, um, hauling them back up through, like, a cable or whatever. When they get the last two crates, so Sid and Wrecker are, like... like sitting on top of the crates as they're being pulled up. They accidentally like bump this one like big hunk of metal that falls, which is obviously gonna wake up all the creatures. So they come swarming. Tech manages to drop this like thermal light bomb thing or something like that to scares them off. So then uh, the Pike says, since uh, the spice has been returned, the matter is settled, um, except with Roland. So they're about to kill him because the way things handled, but Omega says not to do it. She's like, he made a mistake and everything like that. And instead... Then she jumps in. She's tries saying say that he's like, you know, you don't want to start a war with the Durans, but the Pike's not concerned at all, whatever. So um, he ends up chopping off one of Roland's horns, which, like, you know, I don't know how big of a deal that is. But then uh, Omega goes up to him. She's like, "Are you okay?" Whatever, and he's like, he kind of is like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, but then he like leaves with Ruby with the the lizard or whatever. So then, so everything's settled, <laughs> I guess, just like that. They've, it's forgiven. He took over Sid's place, but. I was like, okay, so I guess that was his fault for, for doing that. That's his karma, I guess. Then uh, Hunter asked Omega why she stood up for him after what he did. And she's like, I don't know. And it's basically like, you know, it's if Ruby liked him, so, you know, maybe he wasn't all that bad or whatever, which... So it's just like, blah, blah, blah. Everything's half hunky-dory at the end. So it's it's like, okay. So it wasn't the, the like, the the best episode. It didn't really push... Any stories forward or add any real character growth to anyone, but yeah, so that's what we had. So it kind of felt like it's filler as we're, you know, getting to the end of the season where, you know, there's gonna be some like big crazy showdown or something. So, whatever. Okay, then there was uh, Fear Street part two. So I'm talking about part two and part three. So I, I talked about part one, I think it was like two weeks ago. Um, part two, 1978. So all of these are kind of connected because you know, with, at the end of part one, they they find out you know there's like one survivor from this previous uh, whatever attack uh, that the curse of what's her name, Sarah, Sarah something, and uh, so her story goes back to 1978 when they're at the, at the summer camp. And uh, what what I think is interesting, what's interesting about all three movies in a way there's a, a lot of kind of like callbacks to several like classic horror movies. And I think they do a really good job of kind of giving like an homage to the different, different uh, series. Cause you know, the first part was 90, whatever, um, 94. And, you know, so, you know, there's lots of familiar things kind of like scream or kind of even like, uh, Not really Nightmare on Elm Street, but, you know, you got some of these vibes. With uh, 1978, this is more kind of like a Friday the 13th, you know, summer camp, uh, you know, whatever thing. And then uh, part three takes place partially like in the past since in uh, 1666, and then it cuts back to 1994. So they they kind of take it's it's almost like the, the different types of horror movies are kind of like three different kinds of horror movies and I, I think that that's that's pretty brilliant in a way cuz it's it's like you know they they're touching on different key elements from from the different types of movies and they do a good job with it where you know it doesn't feel like it's too watered down or anything like that so you know with this one you get the story of you know the, the sisters and um, you you see how like you know one's being picked on in, in the camp and then uh, the curse kind of starts up and then uh, you know one dude gets infected and starts going after the others and killing them and and then it you know becomes like the the slasher killing the the kids at the summer camp type thing. What was interesting about this and, and similar to like the first movie, it's like where are all the adults? There's like hardly any adults, you know, no one. And cause even like at a summer camp, it's like, it's not going to be run by the, the older camp counselors because the, the kids at the camp, they're not that much younger than the, the counselors. So you would think that there'd be some adults that would be entrusted with all of this. There was a nurse who gets taken away, um, or, you know, taken off the board. And, uh, but then in, in part three, there there are more adults. So then, uh, yeah, so uh, what was uh, interesting about part two, there is, I, I hate to say it, I don't want to you know reveal anything in case you haven't, but I mean, if you haven't watched, if you're interested and you haven't watched it by now, you need to get on it. But there is, a, there is kind of a twist in the story in part two that I kind of didn't see coming because it, it kind of, this one aspect seemed kind of straightforward, all that, and all, all of a sudden you realize, like, whoa, whoa, wait, this is really what, what, what is has happened so i i thought that was was kind of cool and all and then in part three the kind of good and the bad thing is as it's going back and telling the the story of the original sarah, sarah fear fear f-i-e-r that's her name where uh, they they use actors from the other two movies so they're 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 playing these characters they're not related to them necessarily in any way but they're using these same actors in these roles so i thought that was kind of interesting in a way and one way it's like really okay but that's fine uh so with this being in 1666 you just realize man that was such a crummy time to live in where you know when someone's accused of being a witch it's it's like it feels like it could just be so easily be done and it doesn't seem cool. Where like, you know, it's a dude like maybe you know he has a hots for someone and she turns him down. Then he's like, I'm gonna accuse her of being a witch. Then and then, you know, and if he can get some other people to go along, it's just like, man, that sucks. So, but you know, not the, that that kind of the sort of happens here or whatever. And it's just just the different things that, that go on. So what what was interesting about this is you know it it's all taking place in 1666, but then it cuts back to 1994. So it's almost like, even though this is a third movie, it kind of feels like you get two movies in one because then it has to jump back to 1994 to finish telling the story there. So it's kind of like it comes full circle to try to finish up the original story and everything like that. So I, I just think overall, they did a, a really good job with the whole thing and just laying out all the, the information and and jumping around, not necessarily jumping through time, but you know, just how they, they tell the different stories and uh i i i thought it was was they did a good job with it i thought um when i heard this is like rl stein i was like well this is going to be like a pg horror thing it's like oh how how scary is this going to be but this is not like the what i thought i mean more so in part two there's like uh some like sexual situations it's not like like hardcore nudity or anything like that but it's just like this is an rl stein project like okay not what i thought and uh which you know whatever that that's fine you know it updates it a little bit or whatever and and plus the deaths i mean these deaths are are not um something you want kids to see you know some of them are, are, are a bit gruesome and everything so i would say that overall these are, are a good job so if you're into horror movies you know i really think you'll enjoy these they they horror movies you know can kind of be hard to do cuz some some attempts just don't work you know it just feels like you know the the bar has been set high and it's it's hard to do like a really good horror movie um you know it seems like more it's it's about doing like a suspense movie versus a horror movie cuz horror movies can just easily cross that line and become like too cheesy so you know you really have to have to be careful with that so i, I think they they do a good job here and everything so check out all three fear streets and you know now that they're all out you can watch you know them back to back and it's it was I, i'm i'm really cool they did this and i love the fact that they released them like a week apart so it wasn't like you had to wait like three months or six months or a year or anything like that it's like boom 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 so you can just enjoy this so it's almost like it was like a, a series you know these these like close to two hour episodes and everything so so check that out. It's it's on Netflix and it's it's worth watching unless you absolutely don't like horror movies. Okay, this week's first movie feature is old. It's a M Night Shyamalan, 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 Shyamalan's old. Um, so I I did I really like this movie. I I probably would have to say I like this more than Snake Eyes, and we'll get into Snake Eyes in a bit. So, apparently, this is inspired by a Swiss graphic novel by Pierre Oscar Levy and Frederick Peters. When I saw the trailer, it's like, okay, so here's the thing about this. I don't know how... I I absolutely refuse to give any spoilers about... or, like, big spoilers with this. I may touch on a couple things, but and that's going to be, like, pushing things as as it is. But because it's an M. Night movie... You know, you expect there to be some big twist, and I'll will say, I don't know if it's necessarily a twist or if it's an explanation. And you know, you can kind of say that for all all the movies. It's like, you know, any any of his movies, you can say that there's an explanation. So I I'm I'm a little little hesitant to call it a twist because it doesn't necessarily feel like just like you know all of a sudden, but it. Um, at the same time it kind of explains it i mean if you look at like on Un- Un- unbreakable you know was there a twist there i mean there was a twist yeah there was a twist at the end that was a little different i i guess maybe the there maybe we can say there isn't a twist so basically um the 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 idea with the story is you know you have this couple who go to this like tropical resort place with their two kids and you know it's it's a uh, they're going on vacation and uh what you find out is that they're going to get a divorce which is just like you don't you don't really see that coming oh one of the things that kind of kind of bothered me a little bit like some foreshadowing so they're you know they get, they got picked up at the airport by the the hotel like in this van and as they're going you know driving in the van and uh, M Knight is the the van driver. Spoiler, because you know he's in all his movies. Uh, the the girl, so the girl is older than the, the the boy. She's like singing in there. Then at one point, the, the, you know, because the mom's like like oh, sing it, whatever. And she gets embarrassed. She's like, I can't now or whatever. And and she's like, Oh, well, I can't wait to he- to hear your voice when you're older. That seems like a weird thing to say. Um, I guess there's kind of an explanation. That, why she would say that apart from the premise of the movie but it, it kind of feels like like oh you' well, you'll find out in just a little bit as as you know the they the kids age or everyone ages or whatever on there so they they go to um See, now I'm really hesitant. So basically what what ends up happening is that they're at this like really cool hotel. Uh, It's, you know, a tropical place and everything. They end up going to this secluded beach. You know, they get dropped off there because like the manager is like, it's like, oh, you know, we have this private beach that, you know, I only tell certain uh, guests, you know, and I I think you guys would enjoy it and everything like that. And it turns out there's like some other, you know, they they go in a van with, there's some other people in there. And then, uh, you know, this other couple and their daughter And then when they go there, there's, like, uh, this other dude on the beach, too, and there's something like that. But what ends up happening, as you can imagine from the the trailer or whatever, is that they're starting to get old on the beach. And then um, something happens where they can't just necessarily leave right away. So... As far as that, I will say, and again, I'm kind of jumping around now, as far as the explanation for everything like that. So there's some things like, OK, I'll, I'll accept that. And, you know, as, as far as the how or the why the beach is aging them and then the, the how and the why that they're there, I guess. I'll, I, OK, I'm totally sold on that. I accept that as far as the how and the why that they couldn't leave. Um they 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 kind of explain it at one point like a it, just an idea i guess that's probably the reason why which okay but i don't know so it's um as far as the movie goes i mean it's 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 a little suspenseful and, and you know just that idea the fact that you know like seeing your kids suddenly age and and what it comes down to is 30 minutes was about the equivalent of a year. So in an hour, you're aging two years. And with the adults, you know, you don't really see the effects because, you know, they're older and whatever. But with the kids, you you see it more. Because uh, the, the van driver, you know, he, he gives them like a bunch of food. He's like, here's like baskets of food, or whatever, because, you know, the, the kids are going to need the nourishment as they grow and everything like that. So it's just, it's, you know, horrific in that way to think about, you know, The fact that you're you're stuck on this island and you're just getting older and everything like that. And then other things happen. And um, you know, there are other elements in a movie that make more creates more problems. And, you know, again, it's like, why why are they there? And you know, it's like is someone watching them, you know, what is going on? And and, you know, so there's like all these unknowns and just like what can they do? And uh, you know, just things you know start getting worse and worse, and and then you know you you start to realize like why you know they're there and and so forth. So yeah, I mean, just really, I mean, there, there's there's other things now. As far like, okay, so I don't I don't want to touch on, on the subject anymore. But as as far as like the the story, the writing and the acting goes, so that that's the one thing that I, I would kind of call into question a little bit, and. At a couple points, the dialogue sounded a little a little awkward and it was, was kind of hard, hard to say um, what what the the reasons were if it if it was the writing or if it was the acting or if it's just the both or neither. So uh, like the the couple, you know they 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 kind of had accents. the The main guy uh, Gail Garcia Bernal he so he's he's Mexican. He's a Mexican actor and producer, and then um, Vic, Vicky Vicky was the, the mom, and she's a parent. She's a Luxembourgish actress, and uh, so she's starred in a number of American, Luxembourgish, French, and German production. So she, like, as an example, her um, her accent it kind of reminded me a little bit of Gal Gadot, but obviously it's it's not the same same like accent. So when she's like delivering her lines. Sometimes it it sounded a little stiff, but part of that I think is not at a fault of her. You know, I'm not saying that she can't act or she can't deliver lines. So it's it's just really hard for me to tell, and maybe because I am a dum dum. But if it was the dialogue, or if it was just a combination of her saying it with the accent, because you know when when you speak with an accent, you know it's 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 not going to flow as naturally. You know, it's just like when I try talking in Spanish, even though I've been doing it my whole life, you know, it's, it's, it's not perfect, you know, by far. And, uh, you know, sh- so she would do a better job speaking English than probably I, I could do it in Spanish. And uh, so it's like with that, when, when there's like certain things that, it, 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 and she, this is just the one thing that comes to mind where when she answers, or like you says something, it, it just, it's like, wait, is that just like bad writing or is it just, it sounds bad because of the accent and everything, and so I don't know if that makes sense. And I'm I'm not trying to be harsh or or you know rude or anything like that. But you know sometimes people call into question M Knight's uh, writing, you know his dialogue or whatever. But other than that, I, I would I I really enjoyed the movie and um, I I thought it was really intriguing. And um, you know part of it I, I don't know if because Ken Ken Liu Liung is in it you know so he was in lost and he was also in uh <laughs> in humans and um other things in star wars and x-men and and stuff like that but it, it kind of gave me like a lost vibe so even though they're just into this smaller portion of the beach you know surrounded by this rocky cove whatever I, as, as I'm watching this I'm like wow it's like I could if this was like a series you know we could explore more but obviously with the way they're aging you know there's not much that they can really truly explore but I really I was really um intrigued with the story and the pacing and and there's a um, certain thing like one thing that I will say like as far as like the gross factor they don't really show a whole lot but there was uh someone who has a tumor and then because of the aging the tumor gets larger and that's when things get get a little nasty. There is someone else that something happens that's because of the aging or whatever. And so there's there's a couple moments with that, but it's not like a super like overly it's not I would say by far it's not graphic. I think it was just a this a PG13 movie. But I I really enjoyed it. I think they they did a really good job with it. And um I just and, and and even the poster. I love the poster. I I just i I love the dynamics you know you see someone sitting on the beach you know they have a hat it's like overhead shot if you haven't seen this already and then uh you know their left leg is like the skin is like older a little leatherier and then it's like the foot is like a skeleton so i just and then you see like the the blue waters like washing up on the shore so i think that's such a just the colors and everything i love that poster and um the, the scenery with this, um apparently, so I thought I saw where they 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 filmed this. Oh, so apparently uh they filmed in a Dominican Republic. So I mean it's gorgeous scenery and everything like that. And uh um yeah, it just, just looked re- really good. But like, after watching this, I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to go to a beach now, <laughs> you know, some like tropical place because it was just kind of freaky. Um as far as how the movie did, it had uh Eighteen million dollar budget and um, the projections, it says it, it's projected to make twelve to fifteen million um, from three thousand three hundred fifty five theaters. Its opening weekend, so it apparently made six point nine million a first day, including one point five million from Thursday night previews. So, um, I just wonder, you know, how they gauge things as successful now, being you know pandemic, because like I said. I don't know how many screens it's playing in my theater, but the theater, it must be on more than one screen. My theater has has quite a few. I, I forget how many screens I have, 12 or 14, whatever. They have a lot a lot of screens. And uh, the theater I was in, it was like in a smaller theater, but I went to an 11 o'clock show, and I was, like I said, I was the only one on a Friday, 11 o'clock Friday morning. So, um, yeah, I, I hope it does well. Um, as far as reviews uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, It has a 52% based on 188 reviews with average rating 5.6 out of 10. Uh, The consensus is Old has no shortage of interesting ideas and writer-director M. Night Shyamalan's uneven execution will intrigue or annoy viewers with little middle ground between. And Metacritic has an average score of 53 out of 100 uh, from 45 critics. And then the CinemaScore, the average grade was C plus based on a plus to f so i i like i said i I enjoyed it you know it's it's not a perfect movie or whatever but i think it was an interesting enough story and it the act like i said the explanation wasn't it's not like aliens are doing some experiment or you know it's it's there there's it's it kind of makes sense i mean as long as you don't try to think too deep into whatever but i i think it was interesting enough and just like the suspense and the just some of the things that happen is just, you know, I mean, there's times where I had to look away and maybe I'm turning into a wuss or whatever. And, and some parts I was like, okay, I, I shouldn't be eating popcorn as I'm watching this part right here, but it's not like, like I said, it's not like overly gross or this or that or anything like that. But I, it's it's definitely movie. I I wouldn't mind watching it again. You know, if, if like someone's like, Oh, I'm interested. I'd be like, let's go. You know, I, I would definitely see it again. And, um, just and partly the, you know to kind of see like the reaction of others or whatever because you know sometimes it's fun to, to see that so i i definitely recommend this i mean unless you're like a a harsh critic you know cuz i i know some people are just like they're expect or they you know they are willing to accept certain things or not accept certain things i i really enjoyed this and um just the, the having the kids with the kids aging you know they have different actors and at some points it's like I was like, wait a minute, did they switch an actor or not here? You know, it's, it's it was a little like almost hard to to see like when they 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 brought in someone else um, because at, at one point Thomas Thomason Harcourt McKenzie when she um, becomes a daughter at one point I'm like she looks so familiar with she was a she was a girl in Jojo Rabbit and you know she was amazing in that and she does a good job here so uh, like I said I I enjoyed this movie so. I that that's my thoughts on it. So the second movie Snake Eyes GI Joe uh you know I I have a little bit of mixed feelings with this. You know, I really and I, I think I touched on a little bit about this before. I really re- I really like Snake Eyes. And you know a lot of people say that. You know probably anyone who reads GI Joe or whatever, you know Snake Eyes is the coolest character. Cause you know, not only is he like, you know, an army dude or whatever, but he's also like a ninja, you know, so he's, he's got a sword and an Uzi, you know, it's like the best of both or whatever. And, uh, so this was just a interesting story and all that. I mentioned the fact that they, they changed his race. They made him Asian instead of a a white blonde dude. Okay. Maybe that's not a huge deal. You know, because Snake Eyes is is always covered up. So, you know, you don't really know his ethnicity or whatever. Where he grew up is not a huge deal. Um, What bothers me more is that, you know, the fact that he's talking. You know, you you have this, you know, Henry Golding as Snake Eyes. So, obviously, I will spoiler and say that, you know, you see him very, 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 very little in costume. Very, very little hardly like like nothing because henry golding is the sell he's the draw and you know if they make a sequel you know how often is he going to be you know the, in the sequel he should be wearing or getting closer to wearing the, the outfit more often if depending on when they set things up they'll probably find ways not to do that and I don't like that. I mean, if you look at the other two GI, or was, was he in both of them or just one? You know, when the, the Ray Ray Park Joe, G- you know, you never saw his face, and that's how it is in the comics. You don't see it. So in the comics, you know, Snake Eyes. I I mentioned this before. He's you know in a helicopter. They're you know they the, the helicopter gets hit by another helicopter. They need to you know jump out scarlet gets you know she's stuck in there so he's goes back to try to help her a window blasts in his face it smashes you know whatever destroys his face and his vocal cords he gets reconstructive surgery on his face but his vocal cords can't be repaired which is why he never talks and he just wears a mask all the time so, you know, it's not like he's completely disfigured in the comics. You know, I don't remember what, exactly what he looked like. But, you know, the reconstructive surgery can only do so much. You know, it's not going to be like some miracle, you know, whatever. So you have all that. But in uh, this movie, we kind of get a different story. You know, we... we uh, also, I'm, I'm, I don't recall exactly when he started his ninja training. But, it, you know, there, there are some little differences. So in the movie... You know, Snake Eyes. He's with his dad. Um, minor spoilers. You know, his dad gets killed by some shady guys. Why does he get killed? He mentions you know going to a safe house. You know, with with Snake Eyes. They never mention his name as as a kid or throughout the movie. And so Snake Eyes basically ends up on his own. Why is he called Snake Eyes? There's a reason. There's an explanation, and it's it's a fine one. You know, I I I accept for him going with that. And, uh, so basically his whole growing up is about trying to get revenge. You know, he wants to know who killed his father. He also had to live on his own. So when we see him as, and it jumps from him being a kid to, to Henry golden, golding, uh, you know, as an adult. So he's like this, he, you know, he does a lot of like cage fighting, or whatever, you know, un- underground fighting for money and you know he's a really good fighter he can take a hit and i mean he's like getting his like butt kicked. but whether that's part of his act you know to tire out the other guy i mean he tends to win you know pretty much all the time and uh, you know that's how he makes his living and when it, it gets to a point where no one wants to bet on him anymore he goes on to some other fighting circuit thing or whatever So then he gets recruited by, like, the Yakuza or whatever. And you would be like, why would Snake Eyes work for them? But then the guy's like, well, you know, I can help you find your father type of thing. And so then he's like, okay. So throughout the movie, you you see Snake Eyes doing some questionable things. And then at some point, he's doing, like, some really questionable things. And you're like, no, 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 Snake Eyes. Honey, no, type of thing. Um, But, you know, he's motivated by you know trying to find his his father's murder or his father's killer and um that that kind of draws some things into question about his um, his nobility and where you could look at is it, like okay you know he's he's a slightly flawed character that makes him a little more realistic and you know that that's kind of cool to add this you know different dynamic rather than being you know super ultra goody two shoe you know okay you got all that. But at some points, like some some parts were a little confusing because it was he's working with the yakuza. Uh, you know, at first he's basically you know, um, you see some dude which turns out to be Tommy Storm Shadow, and you know he calls him they they call him Fish Boy. So he's working on the docks, and basically like they're gutting fish, and they're putting weapons in the fish and shipping out the weapons that way. So you know that that's like one of his jobs. You know, even though. The the guy that hired him, he's like he knows that he's like this ultra badass fighter, but then he has him doing that, and then um, so Tommy's there. We don't know that it's Tommy right away, but then again, spoilers just to set things up so we can see where you know how the movie progresses, whatever. So minor spoilers with that. At one point, they're under the assumption or they know or believe that Tommy is like a spy that he's, you know, a traitor or whatever. So then they actually have snake eyes. The, the guys like talking about, you know, like he has everyone gathered in like it was a warehouse. And then he basically gives a gun to snake eyes to like kill him. And then snake eyes won't do it. So then you're at, at this point, I'm like, wait, do they know each other? Cause uh, you know, so snake eyes is working for this guy trying to find out about his dad's killer, but then he's giving up his position to save Tommy. And then, so now I'm I'm wondering, it's like, did they grow up together? Is this why he's such a good father? Because he, and the answer is no. So because he saves them, and, you know, it kind of goes a little bit, you know, further from there. Then that's where Tommy kind of brings him in. Because, you know, they they both saw, like, you know, good in each other's I forget what they were, you know, nobility or something. So, you know, he brings them home to to join the the clan. And, you know, because Tommy, you know, the clan is led by his grandmother. And at some point, you know, he's going to take over, you know, be the clan leader. And you know, he wants someone like Snake Eyes, you know, with that that trust and that, you know, edge or whatever, to be, you know, one of his dudes, you know, and you know, the to help him and everything. So it kind of goes from there. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, Snake Eyes, he still wants to find out who killed his father. And you know he's still willing to cross some lines when everything like that, and um, that slowly will will bring because you know if if you know the the story of the characters, you know at some point something's going to happen that that pushes Tommy out of the clan, and then you know he's going to have to go to Cobra for some reason. You know that's what happens in the comics. There's going to be a lot of similarities to that, but the way. He gets down, goes down that path is a little differently. Um, and I was wondering, because basically in, in the comics, what happened is so Snake Eyes' parents, and I think he had a sister. I thought he, yeah, I'm pretty sure he had a sister. They were killed in a car accident. And the, the car accident involved Cobra Commander's brother. So this isn't a Larry Hama comics, not what happens in the movie. So then, um, basically, when Snake Eyes was at the clan, cobra hired zartan i guess to kill snake eyes as revenge for his brother he ends up killing the hard master he used storm shadow's arrow and then storm shadow was believed to be the killer and then that's when he had to leave the clan and then he joined cobra in order to infiltrate cobra to find out who killed the hard master you know that was zartan so you know you have the little differences uh one of the things that is cool here. You know, there's like some weapons and stuff involved, and you know, they open a crate. Someone opens a crate, and you see the Cobra logo. So I'm like, "Ooh, nice!" Scarlet is in this movie. Baroness is in this movie. So w- when Scarlet is introduced, Samara Weaving, and you know, I love Samara Weaving. I think she's extremely awesome. Um, I I love like everything that I've seen with her. Uh, you know, uh, Ready or Not, um, the Bill and Ted. <laughs> what else has she done? Um, the the guns akimbo so i i think she's she's just really great and as scarlet you know her hair is red like okay i don't care that she's not a natural red i I think she's really cool i think she does what little we see of her is awesome and just like the mention of the gi joe stuff that's like really intriguing when i when i i was like okay this is a snake eye story but then you're gonna have scarlet in there i was like how are you gonna do that whatever but it, it works in a way and this doesn't feel like the GI Joe from the other GI Joe movies I mean that seemed a little little like bubblegummy uh, like pop pop bubblegum whatever I'm trying to say so here it it seems a little cooler and I was like I would love to know more about this and and Baroness is is pretty cool here you know for for you know her role and, and stuff like that so I really like what they're they're setting up here if I don't know how this movie will do um, Cuz yeah, here's the thing. It has a $88 million budget and as far as how it did, I'm trying to get there. It's projected to gross about $15 million and uh it made five point five million its first day, including 1.4 million from the Thursday night previews. So you know how is that compared to old? I don't know if this is going to be a success or not. It has a 42% approval rating from 95 reviewers on Rotten Tomato. That's not good. 5.1 out of 10. uh, That's kind of similar to old. Consensus is far from silent and not particular deadly. Snake Eyes serves as a step up for the J.I. Joe franchise, thanks in no small part to Henry Golding's work in the title role. Um, Metacritic, it's 43 out of 100. And um, cinema score is a B minus from A plus to F. So, um, yeah, I don't know how it'll do. And if for our next movie, you know, they they could easily do like a Snake Eyes sequel. I don't know if they would do you know straight up the GI joke because it's not quite there yet. I'll just say it, you know without, without getting into specifics. Um, as far as the action goes in the movie. It seemed pretty good. Um, there's like some crazy scenes, like, you know, a lot, a lot of dudes with swords and everything. But the, the problem is like with everyone moving, there's like so much stuff happening on the screen. A lot of the guys are ten- like, especially like in the beginning when they're like the warehouse, they're just wearing like black suits. Like uh, like business suits type of thing, and you just see all these people going at each other. So with all the blackness and all the movement, you can't really see specifics. So it's hard to tell like how how close are to st- you know are they like n- missing them by a mile or whatever. you know. So that's works in their favor where you don't have to necessarily worry about it appearing as you know weapons or fists or whatever you know things are connecting or not. But I, I think for the most part it, it all worked out. Um, my I guess my my biggest concern is well besides the fact that this is supposed to be snake eyes and i just feel like just him talking so much and him crossing certain lines just seems a little wrong to me but it's almost like towards the end of the movie it starts just getting a little rapid um you know like the stuff like there there's like some betrayal and then tr- some attempt at redemption it just like happens like really fast and then um snake eyes time at with the clan, his it's like, did he even get any training from there? Cause it, it didn't feel like there was a whole lot there. And I don't know how much time, cause you know, he had to go through three different trials in order to be accepted into the clan. And you know, it, it's not super clear how much time has passed between, you know, the first, maybe it was, I didn't, didn't, I don't think it was necessarily like day one, day two or day three. So it just didn't feel like he was there a whole long. And then, um, just the, the whole, relationship between tommy and snake eyes and you know the betrayal and all that you know they're supposed to be like brothers and everything but it's like how long did they really know each other you know because it doesn't it didn't feel like it was that long and versus you know in the comics you feel like there's just like almost not necessarily like a lifelong connection i mean you look at the the movies they knew each other since they were kids which is not the case so it just it felt like things kind of sped up towards the end, and that just it felt a little weird. But other than that, um, I I, I like the movie. It was way better than I thought. You know, I I expressed my concerns before, and you know, I do have some some issues with you know stuff that that happened. But I like you know the the blind master and and um, the hard master. Um, so there's there's some some cool aspects to it. But um, yeah, when when and Henry Golden has the, the costume on and the Snake Eyes visor is up, it just looks weird. It, it does not. It's not a, a cool look when he's got the visor down. He looks pretty badass. So I know, you know, if we do see another Snake Eyes movie, he's probably going to want to have the helmet off and everything like that. But it's just it, it nothing against Henry Golding or his face. or anything, it just the costume just looks weird. I mean, it doesn't matter who you have in there. You can have the coolest dude in the world you got that visor up, it just, it seems kind of weird. And plus the fact that, like, you know, he's, is this, like, stealthy mode or whatever, but, you know, you got the big clan logo on your shoulder, and bright red on a black costume, it's like, how much, <laughs> how more obvious can that be? And there's, and there's lots of times where, like, uh, you know, he's walking, you know, he's got the sword in his back, and he's going through town, it's like, is this just acceptable, that you can just walk around carrying a sword, and no one's gonna question it? But, but other than that, I mean, like I said, I, I do like the movie. I had fun, and that's what I want. You know, if I'm going to the theater, I want to be able to enjoy it. And uh, you know, I I didn't eat any popcorn when I saw Snake Eyes, but you know, it's it's a it's a good popcorn movie. You know, you want to watch this, and and it it but it does make you want more. You know, seeing Scarlet and and uh, Baroness and just you know the hints of the Cobra stuff, it makes you. I mean, I'm just so curious because it's it it's such a a treacherous territory whatever you know they they really need to be careful because with the way the other gi joe movies came out it's so easy to make it just cheesy and cornball you know without trying to you know without intending to do that so i i just feel like you know if they're trying to reboot this franchise which i'm assuming you know that's that's the point that's why it's called gi joe origins they just need to really be careful and I don't know if they have a chance, you know, if this isn't going to be super successful, I, I don't know. I, I want it to be, you know, I would love to see more, uh, just because I love the characters and I think they did a, a real, a really decent enough job here that makes me want more. Yeah. You know, I want it, especially like, I want to see more Samara weaving, you know, as, as Scarlet, I want to see more Samara weaving in anything, but I, you know, I want to see more Scarlet and I, you know I'd love to see the other characters too uh and you know just to see i, I want to see you know snake eyes and storm shadow and and you know i'd love to see zartan or you know cobra command oh, please please do cobra commander right if you do cobra commander again so we'll see i don't know <laughs> um i but yeah i i i I'm hopeful. I want to see more. I just don't know if it's going to be possible. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So it is, it's worth checking out. You know, if, like I said, if you like the comics and you know, the characters, it's not going to be perfect, but as long as you understand that and are, are forgiving to an extent, I, I think it's, it's, it's a, a good movie to, to check out. If you know, you just overlook some things and just, you know, don't get too hung up on it. So, so that was snake eyes and i hope that i said everything i wanted to say because i'm sure like after i'm done recording or you know a couple days i'm like man i didn't i wanted to say this this whatever so that is going to be the podcast for the week so big thanks to dave mcphail and andrew loken because they are awesome supporters of the show you can be a supporter by going to patreon.com slash gman from heck any amount you can commit to will be awesome and if you commit at the Rick Jones tier or higher, you get access to the secret podcast from Heck, which is an additional thirty minutes of podcast entertainment every single week. And uh, this week, I'm like, I'm, I was like on automatic, and then I was like, wait, what am I saying? What am I talking about? Because I'm, I'm trying to think about what I'm going to say after this. Um, this week, <laughs> we're we're talking about 1989 West Coast Avenger comics, a Vision Quest storyline, written, drawn by John Burns, written and drawn. Did I say that? And, um, it's, uh, basically vision has disappeared. What happened to him? They're trying to find out. And then, uh, they get a shocking discovery, uh, last week. And then, so you'll see where it goes from there. So if you can't commit to monthly commitment, you can also help out by going to coffee.com slash G man from heck. And you can buy me a virtual cup of coffee or four. And that is K O dash dot slash G man from heck. All right. So this coming week, I'm trying to think if there's any new TV stuff coming up. Cause, uh, Um, Stargirl's not till August 10th, but you know, we have the flash has ended and, uh, I don't, I think I mentioned Superman and Lois is off for like three weeks. So I'll have masters of the universe to talk about. So five episodes, I'm trying not to go super in depth, but I probably will because that's just how I do it with the TV shows. So that'll probably take up some time. The movie feature will be jungle cruise. Um, I don't know if there's anything else coming out, but I think that's what we'll have then. And then uh, just a reminder again, remember Andy Zenon? So X-E-N-O-N. So do a search for that on Zoop or just, you know, just search uh, or just go to uh, Comic, go to Entertainment Fish. Don't go to Comic Vine unless you really want to. Entertainmentfish.com. And you can see my article I did an article about it because I is like what I mentioned is like I have a cameo in there, so it's it's like really cool. And you can pre-order it and support it. So I I'm not sure the extent of it. Like I hope it makes the goal because if it doesn't, what does that mean? I don't know. But uh, um, I have read it. It's cool. So I I think y- you should check it out. Um, Um, other than that, I don't think I really have anything else to talk about. So we're in the midst of summer. I hope you're doing well. I really don't want to think about school starting up, but that's going to be happening pretty soon. So make sure, you know, be, be human, be kind, you know, be careful when you're going out. Be careful if you're not wearing a mask, especially if you're not vaccinated. You should, I think, in my, my non-professional medical opinion, um, but just you know find some time, do something you enjoy, have some fun, uh, stay out of trouble and make sure you remember to be good to each other.